So you qualify. How do I say goodbye <laughs> to what we Deshaun Watson, man. He can't go. Do not trade Deshaun Watson, please. We lost James Harden. We can't lose number four. We cannot lose number four, man. We can't. We got, let me let this ride. All I know What up, y'all? I hope y'all y'all uh, appreciated that uh, that little eulogy for one James Harden and maybe Deshaun Watson, depending on how things shake out. Um, yeah, just like to take a moment of silence for uh, one James Harden. Uh, been a long nine years. Came in 2012. MVP champ. MVP campaign should have been two MVP awards, but at least he got one. Multiple time scoring champion. Uh, got us to the Western Conference Finals, some legendary strip club appearances at V Live and Onyx. <laughs> Going to Turkey uh, Leg Hut after losing yes. out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> after losing to the leg, he goes to Turkey Leg Hut, yes. Um, famously wears a Blue Lives Matter mask and doesn't know what it means. Just thought it was but, cool looking. <laughs> yeah, covered his beard. But our, our, our favorite aloof NBA superstar James Harden is no longer with Houston. He has moved on to Brooklyn, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, depending on who you ask, some niggas act like they're happy about it. But we're going to talk about that with Brandon Scott. We got a special guest to break down everything sports-wise because it's been a very hectic week for Houston sports. Um, Usually you would think that a James Harden trade would be the biggest news in town. But we have received breaking news this weekend about James Harden's growing discontent with the Houston Texans. And the way did I say what did yeah, I say? Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. Yes, Deshaun Watson's growing discontent with the Houston Texans to the point where he apparently, supposedly, reportedly, maybe wants out. Man. So both of our superstars in the Houston sports about to leave. Um, well, one has already left and one might be on the brink of leaving, but we will break that down. I got to ask you this too, man, because the the Cleveland Browns are finally not a joke. They're finally not the joke of the NFL, but Mm -hmm. the Houston Texans are. How do you (laughs) feel about that, man? How do you feel about the switch up from the Browns being legit and the Texans being the joke of the league right now? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's kind of strange because, as far as like what the Houston Texans have, 
they have a franchise quarterback right now, and it's hard to be the joke of the league when you got like a MVP type of player on your team. Like all them years the Browns had when they you know went zero and sixteen, one and fifteen, all that shit. They really didn't have a. I guess they didn't have the the best roster or the coach or the GM or whatever you want to call it. So I don't think it was as bad as the Houston Texans right now. I think the Houston Texans, they could easily, with the right coach, they could easily be a, a playoff team or maybe a Super Bowl contender, especially if you got number four. But with the Browns, it was. I think it was more the Browns trying to figure shit out because they, they was trying to figure shit out since they came back. Uh, back in 1999. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I, I, a lot of people laugh at the Browns and all that stuff, but they was trying to find ways to win. It, they wasn't stuck on one culture or or trying to do it like the Patriots do it. They, You know, they they, they tried the Patriots way. They tried all type of different ways. They tried to get a, a – a, they tried with the black coach. That, you know, Romeo, that didn't work. They tried somebody else. They tried the defensive coach. They tried the offensive coach. They tried every single thing you could think of. Finally, they they got something that's working. So at least you could, you know, applaud them for at least trying. They, they, it wasn't like the Browns were stuck in their ways on some shit. But here, man, it seemed like it's more people stuck in their ways. And, you know, they don't want to change. They don't want to change anything. They They want all the people to adapt to them. And it's like, man, like, no, nah, like, bring, like, let's, you know, whatever you was doing the past seven years didn't work. <laughs> so let's try something totally different. Let's, you know, let's bring in a different type of coach and let's try to do a different culture. Don't, don't try to use that same culture. And that's what it seemed like they doing. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, man. And uh, like you're gonna hear later in the podcast, I, I, I believe it's 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 nearing the end. People don't people are still in denial. There's the stages of grief we're going through right now in Houston sports. Right now, everybody's in denial. Everybody is saying this is not going to happen. Deshaun Watson ain't going nowhere. He's still on a contract. He ain't going to sit out. They, they ain't going to be dumb enough to move Deshaun Watson, right? <laughs> well, I think people are in for a rude awakening because we've seen goofy shit happen <laughs> before yeah. from these franchises. So be prepared, man. We will get into that soon enough. Uh, let, let us break down other things. But first, let's do the typical check-in with our folks. We got me and Figgy holding it down for the Gems and Juice podcast for the 9-9s and the 2000 <laughs> 2021 edition, man. Holding it down again. Uh, a whole lot to talk about in the sports world. The first time, Figgy, how you doing, man? You holding up good? You you covering nicely from the COVID yet? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, I, was, I still got an awful cough, so mm-hmm. I probably had to go back to the doctor to, to see what's up, but mm. I, I'm getting there. My breathing getting better. I'm not out of breath walking down the hallway, so hopefully maybe in a couple weeks I will be back to normal as, as far as my breathing. But... Um, yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm looking at life differently now. Mm. <laughs> now that I felt like I almost died, so now I'm like, man, you know, got to be safe. I, I bought a different mask. I got this. Right, there uh, you go. Yeah, I got this Arm and Hammer mask. 
You mean the uh, oh the not the, arm the and armor? No, yeah, under the, armor, <laughs> under, I say arm and hammer. Under armor? Yeah, under armor mask. So, Doug, you, you hear? Speaking of which, I know this is random, but you <laughs> yeah. hear about that nigga name? Uh, what was his name? Arma, uh, arm and hammer. That dude who was accused of being a cannibal. He was an actor. What was his fucking name? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't know. Who was that dude? Now I have to look, man. The <laughs> actor, fuck, I forget his name. It was something arm and uh, something arm and hammer. But uh he was an actor. He was supposed to be in a uh uh a J-Lo movie, mm. but his ex-girlfriend or wife or something like leaked a bunch of his text messages and he was talking about some freaky shit, like super freaky, like he <laughs> wanted to eat this bitch, literally like eat her flesh. And Damn. he was talking some crazy, he got canceled quick, man. They put him off the movie. It's a black uh, dude, I, white dude. Nah, he's a white guy. Okay. Yeah, I forget his fucking name. Something Arm and Hammer. Something Arm. Fuck, I can't remember his <laughs> name. But uh, Army Hammer. That's Army right. Hammer. <laughs> Army Hammer, which sound like a uh, '95 New York rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on a DJ Clue mixtape. Army Hammer. <laughs> yeah, he 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 got in trouble over the weekend, over the past week, because uh, <laughs> some weird text he was sending women about wanting to eat them. Yeah, and not in a good way, like in a freaky weird way. Yeah, cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, in the Han- Hannibal Lecter way. So <laughs> yeah, they're very weird. I know I digress. Random yeah. story, but I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, so so good to hear you're feeling a little bit better, man. We were worried mm-hmm. about you, but. Glad to hear you recovering, and uh, yeah, everybody you, mask up. Yeah, you know, don't don't you know the one thing that's irritating? I, I know everybody care about me and all that stuff, so a lot of people hit me up, try to check on me. Yeah, but all throughout this time when I was sick, it was just multiple people hit me up like, "Hey, how you feeling?" I'm like, "I'm feeling, I'm feeling awful." Like I'm just laying. Mm. Oh, okay. Did you take some medicine? Make sure you take some vitamins. Did you drink really plenty of water? Make sure you eat some. I got like five different people hit me up saying the same shit, man. Yes, it's just like, man, it's nothing I can do. <laughs> like, like that, that, that. That's why I don't like telling anybody <laughs> I'm sick, because number one, you can't do shit you for anybody who's sick and already going through it. The the thing I hate the most is when I get a cold or a flu. And people say what you should do to prevent getting the flu. Yeah. Like, nigga, it's too late. Yeah. People say, oh, take vitamin C and, and, and drink more water and you yeah. won't get sick. Like, nigga, I'm already sick. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing I can do to prevent. Like, there, there, of course, you take medicine and shit. But the, don't tell me how to prevent getting yeah. the flu after I already got the shit. Yeah. I'm already laid in bed sick. Yeah. And, and people want to come up and humble brag talk about i never get sick because i drink peppermint tea every morning <laughs> and i uh take vitamin c and i drink orange juice like nigga i don't give a fuck that you don't get sick okay <laughs> don't tell me your remedies for not getting sick when i'm already sick i yeah. hate that shit man. yeah i hate that oh make sure you get a uh get drink some tea get a lemon put a lemon in there <laughs> get a hot rag put it over your eye and oh all this other God. remedies, it's like, man, like I don't, I'm not trying to hear that shit. <laughs> yes, just say prayer. Just give, send me the prayer emoji. I'm fine with that, man. But don't yeah. try to give me no fucking remedies. Some home, some home remedies for treating <laughs> sickness when I'm already sick and yeah. I just got to sit through it, man. Yeah, make sure, ain't nothing gonna make get, me feel better. Get a peppermint, put put it in some hot water, and just <laughs> sniff it under the stove and all this other shit. It's like, man, yeah. I'm not trying to hear that shit, man. <laughs> Like burn point, some sage in your house. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. I, I 
hate the I hate the people. I hate those sick <laughs> those home remedy people. Yeah, or you the people don't, don't tell me. Or those be the same people that just know everything. Whatever yeah. you going through. Oh, make sure you do this. Oh, just get the the, the know it all people. Yeah. It's just like, man, like I'm cool, man. Like when yes. I'm doing that, all I want to do is sleep. Exactly. Like there's nothing you can do when you're sick except just sit through it and get better as soon as you can. But there ain't no home <laughs> remedy because if this shit actually worked, then everybody would do it and nobody would get sick. Yeah. <laughs> so don't tell me about no peppermint tea or whatever the fuck. Go to the store, get some honey. Make sure yes. you put, boil, boil <laughs> some honey. Get the mint tea. <laughs> Yeah, people make me sick, man, with that bullshit. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Just, just say get better soon. I'm fine with that. Yeah. God. Anyway, so <laughs> welcome to the Gym Juice Podcast again. Uh, Figgy and me breaking shit down. Um, so let, let's run through some quick hip-hop topics, man. Nothing I cared about to listen to new release-wise. It's been kind of a, a slow start to the year. But, of course, we know with COVID and everything, it's probably going to be a... Uh, I think the next big release is probably going to be Drake's album. Yeah. Um, it, it keeps getting rumored to release every week. You know, I was hearing some rumors coming this Friday that it was going to drop and it didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think that's coming fairly soon. I think that'll be the first big release of 2021. And of course, when it does drop, we will give you the uh, breakdown of how we feel about yeah. that. Did, did you see Travis Scott uh, released a remix to his old song, Goosebumps? Oh, why? Like, was it just with a new beat on it? I don't know. I ain't listened to it, but he, uh, he officially re, uh, released it. Travis Scott needs to go to Brooklyn with James Harden. Like, all <laughs> <laughs> like, about why, why he released that old ass song? A remix to that old nah, ass song. It was a whack ass song too, man. I he, never like Goosebumps. He, it's it's kind of worst Kendrick verse of and, all time. And honestly, man, I don't think it's a bad song, but he kind of giving me some Kanye vibes, man. Like just re-releasing old shit and the merch, uh, the McDonald's merch with a plain yes. ass M on there and selling it for like a hundred dollars or whatever the price was. That was kind of some Kanye vibes to me. So I, I just hope he don't do this shit with the music. I think he's definitely gone down a Kanye lane, like with the overpriced merch that has no reason to be that expensive with the music. I mean, the music is still quality. Astroworld is his best album so, so far. far. So far yeah. it's quality. <laughs> so, I mean, he could go totally left and, and ruin it, but I don't think he's schizophrenic like, you know, Kanye is. So I think he has a better chance, but we'll see, man. He's still got the Kardashian ties too. <laughs> so who, who the fuck knows what's going to happen, but uh yeah that, that that's kind of strange i mean that's an old ass song but whatever <laughs> whatever keeps the fans happy um so real quick uh some things that happened this week uh donald trump was impeached for the second time uh, okay see this mm. goes back to the conspiracy theory yeah you know it was all about getting him the fuck out of here and getting these trump-based people like, cause you see the FBI is like actively pursuing these people who are in the Capitol now. Yeah. They let these motherfuckers just walk around <laughs> during that day yeah. and do whatever the fuck they wanted. But a week later, suddenly it's like, we cracking down and we going to find you. Cause we're going to hack your computer and get in the internet and find out who you were and look at the security footage. And we're going to hunt you down and we going to arrest you. 
It's like, where the fuck was this energy when they were in the Capitol (laughs) defacing your property, stealing your shit in their offices of the senators? Yes. Yes. And none of this energy was there. But now, see, they they, they just want to be done with these Trump people. And I don't blame them. They're annoying to deal with. Yeah, this probably uh, was the only way they can actually get them out. They had to kind of set them up a little bit. Yeah, it's it's over, man. I feel like if you identify with Trump or you say you're a Trump guy, it used to be like, you know, it was a controversial thing to say you were with Trump. But now it's being phrased where it's like, you know, damn near near a Nazi. Yeah, Yeah. damn near ISIS, damn (laughs) Mm -hmm. near Nazi to say you're a Trumper or you are a QAnon or whatever the fuck they call themselves now. So (laughs) they cracking down, man. And I don't feel sorry for them because they don't, you know, capitalized and promoted this bullshit to begin with so yeah it is what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't feel no ways give me give me my stimmy check man that's all i want yeah <laughs> give me that word of 2k joe biden i know you promised 2k and, and castle castle the, that goddamn uh student loans too yeah he's been talking that it. shit for four years <laughs> and now, uh, you see the last thing he, I, I don't think it was the last thing he said but kind of recent he was talking about he don't know if he could do it and all this other shit Nah, nigga, we voted your ass in. Yes, just to cancel this, this these student loans. You better cancel that shit, <laughs> dog. These motherfuckers always got an excuse, man. Because <laughs> not okay. First off, we had to come out in record numbers and get the motherfucker in office. Yeah, Joe Biden, and then he comes up and the, his people say, you know, hey, you know, make sure you vote in a Georgia election because. The president can't do much on his own. Mm-hmm. He got to have the Senate. And even though we just seen Donald Trump do a whole lot of bullshit on his, his own, yeah. suddenly you need control of the House and the Senate to do anything as a president. So it's like, okay, we got everybody you gets, yes, we he got the House <laughs> and the Senate. We better see results. We going to see the excuses, though, man. Now suddenly he's going to talk about, well, Medicare for all, uh, that's unrealistic. Student loan, okay, we'll give you 500 off. <laughs> your thirty thousand dollar debt. Yeah, and they are the stimulus check was supposed to be two thousand dollars. Now they're talking about fourteen hundred since we got six hundred already. That six hundred was Trump. Yeah, no, you this a new administration. <laughs> I want two thousand yeah. dollars every month, like y'all promising you, like y'all been campaigning for this entire time. Don't mm-hmm. switch it up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and the thing is, I'm not even surprised, man, because I don't think I think a lot of people just wanted Trump out. So yes. it wasn't like a whole bunch of hey, Biden about to change the world type talk. But I, yeah, I'm not even surprised, man, because I I wasn't the one sitting here saying hey, this would be better for America and all this other shit. We just wanted somebody outside of Trump out. Yes. So this ain't even surprising, man. I think I think a lot of black people knew he was full of shit at some point. I just hate that though, man. I hate yeah. the thought the thought because that that was my problem with Obama, and that's one thing I really hated when I heard Jay Z say too. Jay Z basically said that you know um, the reason he don't donate to a whole lot of charity is because his presence is charity. One of the most controversial things he ever said. He <laughs> said it's kind of like how Obama, you know. Even if Obama don't do nothing, this is what Jay-Z said, literally. He said, even if Obama don't do nothing, his presence is progressive enough being a black president. I'm like, no, the fuck it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about a black face in the front office if you can't yeah. do shit for anybody who puts you in there. 
Yeah. So like, no, Joe Biden, you 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 were voted not just to get Donald Trump out, even though it was going to be framed that way. Like, nah, you was voted because we need student loan relief. We need <laughs> stimulus checks for niggas who lost their job and can't find another job because everything's shut down right now. And dog, they they already peeling back the the COVID restrictions too, yeah, which is they, funny. Yeah, all the backpedaling, <laughs> man, is yes. insane right now. Is <laughs> like I, I see I see the juke coming, man. That's that's what I <laughs> what I'm annoyed by. But nah, we need the stimmy checks, man. You promised two K. Mm-hmm. We need two K. We need two K a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, COVID restrictions, why are people packing the club to see Bow Wow in concert in Houston? Man, explain this to me. Man, uh, he, man you, he, uh, he a legend, man. <laughs> we talk. How many times we talked about this on this podcast, man? How many times I went to bat for Bow Wow on saying how much of a legend he is? <laughs> I guess he. I guess he that. I, I guess he more of a legend if people packing the clubs to see him during the COVID. I, to be honest, I always felt like Bow Wow was only a joke on the internet because I feel like whenever I see a, a picture of him at a show, that host always seemed packed to me. Yeah, and they and it wasn't just like he was just a head or just the opener or nothing like that and people was there to see somebody else. They was actually yeah. singing the song. They came he, to see him, man. Yeah, they cutting the beat off, and they was actually yeah. singing the song. <laughs> Bow, Bow Wow is only hated on the internet, man. He's only a joke on the internet. When you actually go out in real life, you're going to see a lot of Bow Wow people who going to go see his show. They might not be super fans, but mm-hmm. they're going to go see his show, man, even yeah. during a pandemic. So Yeah, I, and, and I said this on this podcast, too. I feel like the, him being on the internet fucked his credibility up. Fuck this image up because all of the corny shit he was doing, people realized how corny he was. So I think that kind of put a uh, a stain on his legacy. But yeah. if he was somebody that was like a little Romeo who who went ghost after his career, and you know pop up once in a while, I think he'd be alright. But just the corny shit he did on the internet, yeah. all the he needs to stop trying the fake stunt. The, the yeah. I know you seen that video of him on the boat, yeah. the small boat with like. 50 women cramped in that bitch. And the boat wasn't even that small. The problem is yeah. he had too many people on the fucking boat, man. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know why he does that corny shit. Yeah. Uh, other things, Ashanti versus Keisha Cole is scheduled for the 21st now. We'll see if it actually goes through and Ashanti ain't ducking Duck. like you think she is. Yeah, she, uh, we gonna see, man. We gonna see. Uh, I gotta ask you too, man. Is the Bus It Challenge played out yet? In your mind, Erica Banks got the busted challenge popping. You know, she's doing big numbers now. Uh, do you think it's played out yet? Because I, I see old hoes doing it now, and now I'm yeah. starting to wonder. The yeah. Facebook crowd got a hold of the yeah. <laughs> busted challenge. <laughs> I think, to me, in my personal opinion, I think it got played out once Joy Taylor said she's not doing it. Oh she made God. a fuck. How's she gonna make a video <laughs> talking about uh, and, and go and put the hashtag busted challenge? So I'm saying, I'm like, oh shit, let me click on this for her to sit here and say, <laughs> people keep asking me, am I doing the busted challenge? No, I'm not doing the busted challenge. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Nah, I'm, I'm cool. Dog, I gotta admit, <laughs> I had to unfollow Joy after that shit, man. Joy <laughs> Taylor getting on my nerves. Number one, like, okay. 
either you gonna be a respected mind in whatever the fuck you're talking about, or you gonna be like an Instagram thought. But you can't really be both, man. And I feel like <laughs> she's trying to ride the line. She make videos with her titties all out, jumping around like she know what she's doing. And usually, I don't like. I'm like, women do whatever the fuck you want. I like seeing that. <laughs> but she do it to an extent where it's like, okay, you clearly like just like showing niggas your titties. <laughs> like to the point where they all popping out and she jumping around, but she did the busted challenge knowing that everybody was going to want to see her do the busted challenge. Yeah. And then she's talking about how she got bad knees and she tried to make a joke out of it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't follow because number <laughs> you, number one, I don't think Joy Taylor has any rhythm and I she think that's why don't. she ain't do it. I don't, she has no ass period. Number one. That's why she only show her titties. <laughs> but uh, I don't think she has any rhythm. I don't think she could do it even if she wanted to. But I thought, like, at least Taylor Rooks, who also looks very good, I feel like she don't she don't try to make herself look like the IG girl as much. Nah, she know? don't. She, like, legit pretty. Yes. And j- she, like, I don't even know if I've seen cleavage or anything from Taylor Rooks. But, nah. yeah, she be, she, like, I'm not saying Joy don't be professional. But Taylor really be professional as fuck. Yeah. And she still get that off. <laughs> yeah. She she wears form-fitting clothes, but it's not like, you know, whole clothes, basically. And I'm not saying Joy Taylor yeah. wears a whole clothes, but it's she more not like. She titties in the camera yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Joy Taylor just doing it. Joy Taylor just trying to make everybody thirsty. But then she don't want to like I, I hate I hate the fake hoes, man. Either be a real hoe or be a professional <laughs> at what you do. But don't be the fake hoe for clout. But then be the hey, mess me, talk me respectfully when you talk to me about like girl, you got titties out on your fucking main profile picture. Don't don't I don't know. Well, I, that's all. Yeah, yeah the, the other thing I be having a problem with her is like all the compliments I be tweeting at her. And she want to sit there entertain these racist ass people in the comments. No, that's <laughs> that's that's the one thing that pisses me off, man. Like I'm sitting here risking my life <laughs> sending you these damn tweets talking about how gorgeous you are and all this other shit. Oh man! And some racist ass redneck with no profile picture sitting there that would say something stupid. She's sitting there retweeting it, promoting it, all this other shit. Like man, you can't give me a like or nothing. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing, too, man, because it's like and Taylor Joy Taylor does it. Well, Taylor Rooks does this, too. And I hate that, too. Yeah. They give the one negative person the attention. And and that's the they don't understand. Like, I know these are smart people. Mm-hmm. You got to realize if you're a dude who's just thirsty as hell and wants to be noticed by a pretty woman, you're going to say whatever it takes to get her attention. Mm-hmm. That's why you see niggas on the corner being disrespectful to women, because yeah. they want her, her to say something back. Mm-hmm. So they can get into it and be like, oh, I'm just playing, girl. What's your number? Yeah. Like they want they want the attention. So when these dudes tweet something racist or say you're dumb or stupid or don't know what you're talking about, most of the time they want it's attention. because they want the reaction. And you mm-hmm. they know by saying you're so gorgeous or pretty, they ain't going to get even a like mm-hmm. or any kind of uh, attention. But so they're going to be disrespectful just to get the attention. Yeah. Taylor Rooks has, uh, has quote tweeted tweets that had no likes on it man yeah man she said something about Jalen Hurst is gonna be a star in the NFL and one guy said you're wrong 
And she bookmarked that tweet. It was like fucking months ago. And that tweet had, I checked, it had no likes, no retweets. It was from a nigga with like four followers. And she brought that tweet back up after he had his breakout game with the Eagles. I'm like, how the fuck you going, that one tweet, I'm sure 99% of the tweets uh, below hers were, yeah, you're right. He's going to be a star. You go, girl. You're so right. You're so smart. (laughs) And the one guy who said no, she she made sure to uh, bring that back up. It was so cool. That's that's the definition of a straw man argument. <laughs> yes, the the one, the one pers- person. <laughs> that that's always annoying how they get the haters the attention, man. But whatever, I don't want to follow Joy because that was super corny for her to play around. <laughs> you don't play around the busted challenge. Yeah, that's don't put the hashtag at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how you know you're trying to get attention. Like why would you, you put cloud chasing? Yeah, you cloud chasing. Yeah, like or if 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 people keep asking you to do it, don't even say nothing. Don't do the video. Yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't say shit. Or or if somebody tweeted you and said do the Buster challenge, and I'm cool with a retweet. Like nah, I'm cool. Yeah. Like don't sit there and make a whole video. Yes. With, try to that's cloud yeah. chasing, man. Yeah, cloud man. chasing. <laughs> So she knew she knew niggas wanted to see it, but she also wanted to maintain her professionalism by not doing it. So mm-hmm. whatever. I don't, I don't think she had the rhythm, period. But whatever. I'm gonna start. I, I still like them regardless. Yeah. Um. Other things. People were mad at Azalea Banks for cooking her dead cat on IG. Why are people surprised by anything Azalea Banks? I'm, does? I'm, I wasn't even surprised. <laughs> I was not surprised at all. I kind of got confused because somebody. I think somebody got her and uh, Iggy Azalea mixed up, which they always yeah. do. So I thought he was talking about her. I'm like, what the fuck is she on? But when I found out it was Azalea Banks, I'm like, I- I'm <laughs> all right, cool. The sky's blue. I, I-, I got to say this, though, about Azalea Banks. She gets the most defended on social media for no reason. I feel like if any man and like, you know, there's double standards and whatever, but if any man or really any white woman said the things that Azalea Banks has said about other women, gay people, trans people, uh, fucking art, female artists, period. She has said some crazy shit and she still does this day. Yeah, she said, she called Meg and um, Doja Cat fat. Like they yes. call them fat as fuck, whatever she said. Yeah, she dog. She shit on Lizzo for no reason. Like <laughs> she took him down bad, and it always gets excused by well, you know, she has mental issues and she goes through a lot, and she'll make one suicidal post about how you know she's going through a whole lot. Everybody's like, you just gotta understand, she's go through so much. She has mental issues. I wish y'all really appreciate her for the great artist she is, and not just the things she says. Like what it what this defense exists for any man or any white woman let's say elena del rey who has been getting lit up lately on social media <laughs> for the shit she's been saying yeah. if she came out with this would anybody defend her Hell if she was no. saying shit about uh, black female artists yeah. or you know fucking trans people or gay people they would tear her ass apart man so mm-hmm yeah. I understand the defense. And I like Azalea Banks' music. I think she's yeah, talented. I thought she was cool at first, but just some of the shit she do is kind of like, eh, let make you want to just stick to the music. Yeah. Like, I, you know, <laughs> at first I thought she was a cool person. Like, I I, I think her um, interviews are a little entertaining. But yeah. it's just little shit like this is like, eh, like, let me step back a little bit because I'm not defending this shit. 
<laughs> nah, she she's she's into some weird witchcraft, uh, crazy shit, man. Yeah, it's not yeah. just like the the lighting the sage. Nah, she. I remember yeah. a few years ago she had the whole chicken. She had a room where she was like sacrificing chickens and shit. Yeah, and she had to clean it up, and there was a whole lot of blood and feathers everywhere. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it, it's yeah. funny because, uh, like you said, people like to defend her. It was a bunch of people in the comments like, "Well, you guys don't know about this," and <laughs> like, oh, like it's a it's a, it's a dead cat. She first of all, she dug up the dead cat, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't do that shit on Instagram Live, man. Dog, and you cooked it, man. It looks so one, gross. Like one, even if it was fake, it looked disgusting. Yeah, like you seen the fucking cat teeth and all this other shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then you see, I, I I seen people like, oh, well, she wasn't going to eat it. It was more other, you know. I don't care what she doing with this shit, man. You know that just smells so bad too, dog. Oh, like, ugh. Ugh. that's disgusting. Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm sure people will defend her regardless, just because she is a, uh, I don't know what the fuck, a black woman artist who goes through things at times. But whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, people are excited about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Who Michael B. Jordan looks like Steve Harvey. It's kind of funny because Michael B. Jordan got a Steve Harvey mustache now. How do you get a mustache now, that, that thick like that, man? I don't know. Like a fake ass mustache. <laughs> it was a Steve Harvey mustache. Yeah. Man. Remember, remember that um remember that episode of Fresh Prince when he went up to Ashley School as a dad? <laughs> he had that fake mustache. Yeah. That's a fake mustache. No, that thick not. ass must like they they say women go after men who look like who resemble their fathers. So maybe that was what <laughs> he was playing at. I don't know, but I don't like I don't care about the Lori Harvey hot takes, man. Like every time she does something, niggas got to fucking and women got to like be proud of it or have a you know a think piece about it. The thing is, she don't do a damn thing though. She don't say nothing, man. Yeah. All like, she, she doing say is anything. Date, yeah, all she doing is dating people. Yeah, and I don't see like she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. And also, I thought it was very interesting because she is what twenty four, and Michael B. Jordan is like thirty four. But for some reason, I didn't see this portrayed as a man is being predatory for dating a woman who's 10 years younger. (laughs) This was seen more as, wow, she's empowering herself by dating these powerful men and being done with them and dumping them when she's done with them. Number one, you don't know if she's dumping or being dumped. Yeah. (laughs) That's never revealed. Yeah, because a lot of people, I mean, they, they feel like she's the one that's doing the dumping. Yeah, you never know what people go through. It's a reason why people like a Holly Berry is, you know, single or exactly never stay married or J or J Lo. All the marriages she went through, it's not like all, these, all these guys the are. Yeah, it can't be. It can't be all of these guys are just bad guys, and she's the victim. <laughs> it might be. It might be something with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't. She, she ain't out here just being a player. Yeah, I'm confused by why she even has stands to begin with. I guess black women women see her as somebody they would want to be, someone who comes from money and ain't got to work and also dates rich and famous men just because she has access to them. I guess that's it, but I don't really yeah. care about these yeah. hot takes, man. I'm like, yeah. good for her. Yeah, Plus, you got to look at it too, man. If Steve Harvey is her dad, like it, it, it's not like just coming from the hood and just you know <laughs> and just 
you know what I mean, making it like that, where you dating these type of high-profile people. <laughs> like, nah, it's a little more than that. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> so good for them, I guess, but I, I have no thoughts on those, uh, the hot takes that come out of that. I'm like, who, who cares, man? Let, let, let niggas live. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else that happened this week outside of the fuckery and sports? Uh, Dr. Dre out the hospital. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dre is out. He suffered a brain aneurysm. He's apparently okay. And also, speaking to your conspiracy theory, <laughs> there is a report by his uh, soon-to-be ex-wife. Um, she has uh, apparently accused him of holding a gun to her head twice while they were married. Mm. So typical Dr. J behavior towards yeah. women. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. We've seen the, um, I forgot the name of that, that movie, but the Michelet movie. <laughs> yes. Surviving that, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but the movie that came right out the, um, <laughs> straight out of Compton. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, that, we talked before the podcast and like that whole thing is how I knew how and like I'm not saying that Bill Cosby and R. Kelly weren't scumbags, but I do definitely feel like them getting sent to canceled and sent to jail was an industry effort more so than just a one woman or one person victim standing up and saying enough because, you know, R. Kelly was finished. You know, mm-hmm. we knew he was doing scumbag shit for 20 years. He yeah. skated because he was powerful and still making good music. But once that was over, you know, he he got sent out of here. Yeah. Dr. Dre is still very powerful. He still got the beats by Dre. Uh, he still probably owns some part of Interscope. Mm-hmm. He's still very powerful in music. So when these accusations came by, like, yeah, they got some viral tweets, but he skated. Yeah. Nothing happened to him. Yeah, because remember, people was t- trying to cancel him after the Michelet um, yep. movie came out. And they was talking about, oh, I ain't never buying Beats by Dre and all this other shit. Yep. Man, they did not take a hit. <laughs> nah, he, he skated. He yeah. skated. And the whole thing with him and D Barnes, too, people bring up from time to time. He choked mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he not, none of that gained any traction. Yeah. Meanwhile, the ones who were finished. You know, mm-hmm. they got sent the fuck out of here. So, yeah. And and for I mean, we we even see it with the Tory Lane shit, man. Like, yeah. Like technically, he's he was still a hot artist. So yep. ain't nobody, you know, the industry ain't cancel him. Tory Lanez ain't going nowhere, man. Yeah. Tory Lanez really so. ain't going nowhere. I think he's going to be OK. And I think people going to collaborate with him. And I think because already uh, it, it, this might be a pot, uh, uh, a topic for another time. I think Megan the Stallion, I think it might be almost over for her, man. And mm. I don't mean like she's done as an artist, but I feel like the hype is dying down. Yes. Mm. I feel like she's as big as she's ever going to get. And it's going to be a decline from now on. It's unfortunate to say because I like her. But mm. every day I hear like <laughs> people clown her more and more. Uh, I, I see the jokes come up. I, I don't see a lot of defense for her the same way I see Nikki and Doja Cat and Ariana Grande. She don't really got a hive like that, man. She got yeah. a few people, the hotties. But yeah. I think that's like an industry creation, the hotties. And I don't think it's very much a uh, presence on social media. So yeah, 
I think Erica Banks might be coming up to take her spot, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I told, I, t- I told y'all keep just keep an eye on that situation. Yeah, because we we talked. I think we talked about it last week, but just keep an eye on how fifteen oh one, you know, market Erica Banks. Because remember, um, Meg was saying how you know when they was going through that situation, how she you know she wrote all the music, she did all this. Mm-hmm. And you know they really. She pretty much trying to say they really ain't do much. And I said they got they got a young girl named Erica Banks. Let's let's see how they do yeah. with this. Let's see how far she can get. And this whatever they doing is working, man. <laughs> I, I feel like the busted challenge is what Megan Thee Stallion's been trying to get going for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Savage thing was kind of big, but I also feel like that got the the Beyonce stimulus package, you know, yeah. where it's like that was a cheat code kind of putting Beyonce on a song. So of course it's gonna yeah. be a big TikTok song. Yeah, but Meg never had this as a up and coming artist. Yes, she never had an organic TikTok yeah. blow up like this did, man. So I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I, I feel like if she capitalizes off of this, then yeah, mm-hmm, you you know. You, I, I, question: I, I was uh, I met up with Jasmine for um, lunch like earlier this week, and we was talking about this situation. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think the busted challenge was was more of an industry thing because she kind of got the she kind of got to deal with Warner close to that busted challenge when it really took off. So, do you think that could have been part of it? Could have been part of an industry thing that really took it off. I think it was, but I also feel like there's only so much the industry can do if people ain't fucking with it. You know, like, yeah, you can pay the top TikTokers to make something kind of pop a little bit. But for it to get this big, it has to be something to it to where the general public is like, nah, this shit's fire. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I definitely feel like, yeah, everything that goes viral on TikTok is somewhat planned. You know, mm. in terms of especially if it involves a song, yeah. you know, there's definitely a label behind it paying somebody to make a TikTok. But if it's not organic, if it's not fire, then niggas really ain't going to fuck with it. People ain't going to make a big deal about it. But this one caught on in a way that, you know, people actually felt it and enjoyed it and it didn't feel forced to them. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, to, to answer your question, yes, I think it was an industry thing, but it also popped off organically after that, too, because people, everybody was doing this shit, man. Everybody's doing it now. So, yeah. Yeah. Man, shout out to Erica Banks, man. I, I yeah. think I think it's over with for trying to get her on the podcast. I was oh, trying yeah. to get her early, too, man. <laughs> man. You were, man. You were. Yeah. Um, But it, I don't know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, twenty one holes. We 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 still cool with Carl Crawford. Yeah, so maybe we can make something happen. Friend of the show, Carl Crawford. Mm-hmm. So we got to try to make something happen. All right, what up, everybody? Got another special guest. We we had to bring in a special guest to break down all the craziness going on in Houston sports right now. It's a very tumultuous time for a Houston sports fan. Man, it's uh <laughs> we lost our uh, franchise player in James Harden already. And our franchise quarterback might be headed out the door fairly soon, depending on who you believe, if you believe the mainstream media. <laughs> but uh, a very tumultuous time. And we, and we had to bring in the uh, the uh, the Texans. He, he is called the Texans insider 
but he's a reporter, man. Y'all stop trying to gatekeep the word reporter. This man is reporting. He's asking the tough questions in the press conferences, making everybody step their game up. <laughs> I've noticed Mark Berman and fucking certain people stepping up their questions a little bit ever since B. Scott got in the room. But we have our uh, Texans reporter, Texans insider, Texans extraordinaire, sports, Houston sports extraordinaire, period. Brandon Scott joining us, man. Man, I, I know you've been busy as hell. How, how you been holding up this past couple of weeks, man? Man, it's like it's like it doesn't stop, man. That's that's it's been constant, you know, from the season being a losing one, them being losers pretty much from the get go, starting off on four, firing Bill O'Brien, all of the drama that's happened ever since then. And I know y'all been keeping up with it. And now we at this point, you know, with Deshaun somewhere in between all of that, James Harden gets his ass up out of here. <laughs> you know, it, it, that's that's just like the cherry on top. <laughs> you know, and that's no comparison to like losing Deshaun at this point. So he was a younger star and a quarterback. So it's it's just been wild, man. This is I don't know if y'all can see the bags under my eyes and all of that, man. But I don't pretty much I don't pretty much get to sleep, man, because it's always something. Every time I turn around, it's something going on. Even today, uh, it's it's something. It's something. Something today is different from yesterday, <laughs> and all of it that's consistent is Deshaun ain't happy. Man, it's it, like I said, man, it's been crazy. It's just been constant, nonstop, same thing. It's, it's like it's like it's the same thing, but it's a different thing about the same every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got to ask you, man, uh, what what number one, how did we get here um, in terms of we, we've heard Deshaun was unhappy. Uh, Jack Easterby is very a uh, contentious figure in the organization. Cal McNair lays down the law and says that Jack Easterby ain't going nowhere. Deshaun Watson still apparently unhappy. A new Sports Illustrated piece gets published today saying that, you know, basically doubling down the fact that the Texans organization is dysfunctional and Watson essentially either wants out or will want out in the near future. So how do you think we got here and where do you think this ends up in terms of do you think it's uh, do you think it can be fixed as far as the organization and their relationship with Deshaun Watson? I do think it can be fixed. I, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, we're going to keep it at 100 on here, man. It is not looking good. <laughs> like, right, yeah. what's happening right now is not a – it's not smoke and mirrors. It's not just hype. You know, there, there's some legitimacy to this. I do think it can be fixed. But as far as how we got here, man, we'd have to go back almost two years now, two years ago now, to when they fired the general manager, Brian Gain, and got rid of a football personnel person and didn't have a plan to replace him. Not like a real plan. Like, it seemed like there was this vague idea of going out there and hiring Nick Casario, the dude that they have now, the, the one that they hired now. But that clearly wasn't airtight because when they went to try to do it, the Patriots bucked and hit them with tampering charges and they weren't able to get it done so there they were left with no football personnel person and the only football person i guess that they trusted was bill o'brien and bill o'brien at that point had brought in jack easterby to be his right hand man or vice president i think he eventually got promoted to vice president of football operations all of these titles all of these titles don't really matter man what you really need to keep in mind is basically jack easterby's role and the dynamic 
and the influence that he has in the organization, both with Cal McNair and ultimately with Bill O'Brien before Bill O'Brien got fired. Now, what he was able to do is Jack Easterby was able to help create the mess. You think back to the DeAndre Hopkins trade. You think about the Whitney Merciless deal. They fired their cap guy, Chris Olsen, somewhere in the process of all of this. You think about all the moves that you don't like. Well, Jack Easterby was closely tied to all of them. He didn't do them by himself. He's not the only dude to blame. He is along, he's to blame along with Bill O'Brien, but they were a package deal, and you really only got rid of one dude, you know? So since you kept the other one, and he seems to be maybe even the more obnoxious one in some other ways, because it's not just that he's it's not just that he's incompetent, but he's also like meddling and, and like it seems like for some for some of the players, he's like annoying. You ever see a dude that's just like you know, kind of either a jock sniffer or he's just like around. He just wants to be around the players all the time. Like, I can remember, I don't know if I told y'all this before, but I can remember going to a training camp. They let me at a training camp for, for just like one of them. Figure you went to one too. Yeah. Um, Jack Easterby was out there, man, coaching players on special teams and shit like that, man. Like, it didn't make no sense. It was like this guy, this guy was out there way, it seemed like overstepping and like trying to do way too much, doing way more than what he was qualified to do that's on like the personnel side and like in the locker room on the sidelines and the game you know game planning and game day and stuff like that like he's just he's just way too involved given what his qualifications and what his stand standing should be and i think at some point that's his that has started to weigh not just on deshaun watson because that's the name that's who we seeing out there that's whose camp we hearing from but it's yeah. not just the sun. It's the locker room, man. It's the players, like, in general. You you look at Andre Johnson out there getting out of pocket, and he don't never do that. <laughs> That's because he's speaking for he's speaking for how the players feel. Not just the sun solely, but more than that. You know, it's bigger than that. Yeah, that Andre Johnson tweet was crazy, man. It was so crazy. People thought he was hacked for the longest time. <laughs> Nobody believed it was real, man. That's how crazy it was that people were really surprised that he spoke up yeah you talk um, about reporting you talk about reporting man you had people out there like literally a, as a reporting thing confirming that it was actually him like people felt like they had to go out of their way to go talk to dre's agent and and whoever else is close to him be like hey man is this real because he don't do that yeah do you do you uh can you can y'all hear me yeah we hear you. okay yeah. do y'all think uh well it's more for brandon scott do you think his tweet was really what Deshaun Watson was saying because they was together at the Rockets game too. Yeah. Because he tweeted that, and then I want to say maybe a couple hours later they took a picture at the Rockets game. Do you think it was a possible conversation on Deshaun explaining like all the drama that's going on and he won out and all this other stuff, and then that kind of made the made the, uh what um Andre tweet that and. You know, and then he doubled down and say, "Stand your ground with that with that picture with Deshaun." If it wasn't obvious that day, Figgy, I think that now knowing everything we know now is clearly obvious. Like, like piece it all together, right? You got Andre putting out the "Stand your ground" tweet. Later on, they're both seen at the Rockets game, not sitting together at the game, but then later on they take the picture that you're talking about and post it to Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. So and, and and Deshaun never does anything to come out and, and say anything against that. Like, oh, that was taken out of context or y'all don't understand or nothing like that. Like, you didn't see nothing like that. And then what you get is the cryptic but not so cryptic Deshaun tweet yesterday or on Friday 
talking about uh, I, I was at a tune and I went took it to ten. You know, qu- uh, quoting the 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 Zaytoven and Future track. So <laughs> so, but 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 what is he doing with that? Like, there's the lyric, but what do we find out? That's the same quote that him and his camp, yeah. not maybe not him necessarily directly, but his camp gave to Adam Schefter just several days before that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you piece it all together and this is what I found hilarious about it. And this being a hip hop podcast, I feel like y'all can really appreciate <laughs> this. Like, I feel like there's no audience that I will get to speak to that can appreciate what's <laughs> happening right now more than the Gems and Juice podcast. What, li- <laughs> what literally just happened is Deshaun Watson's camp is leaking rap lyrics to Adam Schefter to describe his feelings. <laughs> yeah. Like how awesome, how great of a moment is that in sports and hip hop history? Like I feel like that is that is just fantastic. So so you got that, and and if you take that in the context of you know speaking back to what you're what you're asking about with Andre Johnson's tweet, I mean this is clearly an orchestrated PR effort by Deshaun Watson's camp to illustrate to everybody else that he's not happy with the organization, he's not confident in the organization, and we had already I think known that based off of the things that he would say publicly. Like, he wouldn't just rip the organization publicly. But if you listen to some of the things that he says, um, you know, and read between the lines when he talk about there's no real foundation here, no leadership, um, and, and trying to build a culture and all those things, well, the foundation and the leadership and the culture is supposed to start with Kyle McNair. And then if he's going to empower Jack Easterby, it extends to Jack Easterby. And yeah. then now with Nick Casario, and then whatever coach they hire, and he don't seem to believe in it. And, and I don't know how you can really blame him right now. Yeah, that future quote was hilarious, man. Just <laughs> off the fact that we had to see these uh, 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 analysts who clearly never listened to that type of music suddenly <laughs> have to look up these lyrics and post a YouTube video. It was hilarious, man. <laughs> that, that's why I wanted Deshaun to stay here forever, man, because I don't want to go back to the fucking – the old days with this football time in Houston, that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I, I like the hip hop on the pregame show. Like, I, I like all this stuff, man. I don't, I don't want to lose this, Sean, even though it might happen. But hey, I, hey, I, do what, it. Hey, well, I was gonna say, wouldn't you prefer? Wouldn't you prefer hip hop tweets over like having to go dig up? Some racist dudes tweets like from the past or something like this. Yeah. Like if, if this is going to be the social media controversy, I rather it, I much rather it be this one because this one is way more fun. Nah, I hundred percent agree, man. So, so I gotta ask, I gotta ask you this, man, because I, I have two questions. The second question is a little tougher, so I'm gonna say that. But the first question is this: Okay, you the the easy thing to do, especially considering all this drama. You would think is just to publicly fire Jack Easterby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can keep him, you know, off the books if you really need him as a consultant, maybe, or if you still want him as part of the family, you can still talk to him. But I feel like publicly, the easiest thing to do is publicly fire him. Uh, they're not doing that. Uh, Cal McNair standing ten toes down, and he said that Jack Easterby is going to be a part of this franchise. So why do you think that Cal McNair won't do the easy thing and just publicly let go of him and just just to kill kill the drama and, and dial down the heat? Why won't he at least do that? Why why do you think Jack Easterby is still no matter all the drama he won't resign and Cal won't fire him? Why why do you think he's so safe here? I think for one thing 
he doesn't get it. Like, I think that's just for starters. I don't think he really understands how deep this issue is. Like, I, I can't, what I can't tell Rocket so far is how much he's really talked to these players. Like, how much of a, how much of a pulse or, like, finger on the pulse, so to speak, does he really have within his building? Like, does Sports Illustrated know and understand the situation better than Cal does himself? You know, like, that, like that's the part that I don't really understand. Like, I, and I asked him straight up, because, um, cause I mean, for me, for me, and I think I was kind of getting at this earlier, Jack Easterby should have been gone with Bill O'Brien. Like, the yes. moment they made that decision, that was the time to move on. That was the smarter play. That's why when we got to talk to him, you know, almost a week ago or a little over a week ago now, I straight up asked him, you know, like, why did you keep, Jack Easterby when you fired Bill O'Brien, um, you know, because t- to me, it, it seemed like the, the, the reasons why they were where they were were because of both Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby. If I had been able to follow up with him on that, and, and maybe I should have said this and prefaced it in my question even at the time, but like you had a football guy in the building and Matt Bazigan that you eventually ended up interviewing for the GM job anyway. So if, like, this guy was a candidate for the job long-term and Jack Easterby wasn't, then how did he end up being the one to be able to step into that role and into that position of power? And at that point, it wasn't even really about the moves that he made or didn't make as interim GM, but about what it said about his place in the organization and who was next man up and who they believed in. So to answer your question, Rocket, the issue is that he believe he, he believes in this guy, yeah. like 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 it is a it is a fundamental disagreement in like you heard him straight up tell John McClain that the scrutiny on Jack Easterby was unwarranted. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Well, that that mean that he just straight up disagreed with this idea that Jack Easterby is part of what's run his organization into the ground. So I think that's part of it, and then the other part, Rocket. And, and I was getting at this earlier, too. Like, when you when you dug in and when you're the type of personality that Jack, Easter, that Jack Easterby is, this evangelical type, mm-hmm. you're able to you're able to kind of wear that whole persecution thing. Like, and I was telling this to Seth Payne, too. I did a show with him on 610 Friday night. I was like, man, when you're able to, no matter whether you created the mess or not, when you build yourself as like, a problem solver, crisis management type, you know, personal counselor, confidant type of person. Well, these are the type of situations and scenarios that you built for or that you have kind of marketed yourself as being the one that you want in your corner when, like, you know, the, the odds are against you or, or when you feel like you're being persecuted. You know, like, they probably honestly looking at all of this and thinking, man, this ain't nothing but the devil. You remember, you ever heard yep. people say that growing up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't nothing but the devil. Yeah. And that's probably how they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, That's that's a good point, man. I'll bet you he's, he's talking to Cal and he's like, you know, man, they hated Jesus too. Right. <laughs> if this is my yeah. cross to bear, but right, I, I was right. there. Yeah, yeah even, even, Jesus, even, they, even Jesus was crucified. You know, <laughs> they're able to play that up. Yeah. And and then and then go from there. Like you know, it's it's kind of sick in some ways, especially if you like really about your faith and and like value those types of things. It's really kind of like it's really kind of troubling. Um, but but I, I think that's a 
a, a good explanation or some insight into how somebody like that could arrive at a place like this. That, that's a fair, that's a fair analysis, man. And now, now I got to ask a tough question because right. uh, and we we kicked this around as well in the last podcast. Now, given the fact that you know Callum McNair has let it be known what this is, Jackie's being going nowhere. They have presumably already made their coaching decision based on how you want to interpret that uh, Cal McNair interview where it seemed like they already had their guy, but they are still going through the motions of interviewing an Eric B enemy, even though we know they're not going to hire Eric, Eric B enemy. So given the fact that this organization is what it is, given the fact that we've seen the careers of Andre Johnson, Arian Foster and JJ Watt, uh, and they ended how they're going to end. Uh, do you think it is in the best decision of Deshaun Watson in his career to stay in Houston and continue to be the Houston Texans quarterback? Ooh, I love a, hey, I love the way you frame the question because <laughs> it's way different than what you normally hear is, is Deshaun Watson going to be traded? Is, yeah. you know, are they, are they going to be stupid enough to actually trade the franchise QB, which I don't think they will like at this point. Now, I'm going to say this. It does bother me a little bit, and it should bother you if you're anybody that's a Texans fan listening, the fact that up until this point, you know, Nick Casario been on a job a little over a week now or roundabout been introduced to the public around about a week now, and every time they've been given a chance to address the Deshaun Watson trade rumor or address the Jack Easterby future with the organization, they have made it clear now at this point that Jack Easterby will not be fired. But on the Deshaun Watson front, all you've heard is he's our quarterback. And personnel (laughs) discussions and decisions and things will be had with the players and da-da-da-da-da and that sort of thing. So I've been running around telling everybody, man, ain't no way Deshaun Watson get traded. They're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. But that's because I'm trying to apply some sense and logic to this. If we're real with it, It ain't been a whole lot of sense and logic that's gone into things uh, over there the last couple of years. And so it should not surprise anybody if they go off the grid and do something way, way, way (laughs) left and and, and end up doing it. So the fact that they have not come out and just directly said, and I said this too, even if it's a lie, goddamn, I feel like you need to come (laughs) out and just say that you're not trading Deshaun Watson. Like that needs to be the public, that needs to be the public position and very clear, hard stop. Not nothing uh, ambiguous or something that we got to read between the lines or translate or nothing like that. You need to come out and just say the words the same way you did with Jack Easterby. That the same way that Jack Easterby ain't being fired, damn it, on the other end of it, it needs to be Deshaun Watson not being traded. They have not made that clear, at least not clear enough for me. Now, your actual question, <laughs> what's in the best <laughs> interest of Deshaun Watson? Look, man, <laughs> it's no secret. This organization and the owner is clueless. Like, he does not know what he's doing, you know. Now, could I make the argument that Nick Casario and whatever coach they hire, depending on who that is, that it's possible that they could work well in spite of all the other stuff, like in spite of Cal McNair's incompetence, in spite of Jack Easterby's meddling? Could they do that? I think there's a chance. Could they sell Deshaun Watson on that? 
I'm not sure. I think there's a chance. Um, but the best interest for him right now, it's hard to look at everything right now as it stands. Texans with a first-year GM. First the one, first, first ones to have a head coach vacancy, but not nowhere near the first ones to make a hire. Um, all of this talk and chatter around the organization, all of these questions about leadership, it's hard to look at what it is and say, yeah, it's in the best interest of his career to be here outside of the hundred plus million dollars that they gave him. Mm-hmm. No, it's not like if he can get that somewhere else, if he can leverage his way out of this situation and go somewhere where he feel like he can trust it real quick. You see a lot of people that talk about, Hey man, why does Sean Watson think he should have a, a voice in something like this? He's just yeah. a player. He just throw the football. Why he, they, and they pay him damn good money to do that. Why he mm. think he should have a voice? Why he think he need to be the one meddling and 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 and, and raising us think about what the organization do, what the ownership do? That's none of his business. Let me tell you, I bet, I bet that Deshaun Watson would love, love to quarterback for an organization where he didn't feel like he needed to give you input on the GM, where he didn't feel like he needed to be on the Zoom call with the head coach, damn near, if it when it come <laughs> down to it. I bet you he would love to be somewhere, I ain't saying the Patriots necessarily, but like you look at a Patriots, Steelers, 49ers, you go around the league and look at the places where they operating with some kind of level of competence. I I would imagine if he felt confident in it and if there was a good reason to feel confident in it, he he don't seem like that type of person anyway. They feel like he got to know everything and be involved in everything. The issue is that the people that's in charge, the people that's over him, don't seem to know what they doing. And I'm pretty sure that scares the hell out of them. I, I, I agree 100%, man. And I'm glad you kept it real with the answer because that's something Houston fans don't want to hear. But I, I agree 100%, man. I think considering how this – like, I, I've been watching this organization since it started, man, in 2002. Right, right. And I know it's it's been a historically – poorly run organization at best like it's been disastrous sometimes average others but just knowing what a superstar Deshaun Watson is knowing what this ownership has done in the past uh like it's it's just not I don't know if I was Deshaun Watson I would feel very similar to how he probably feels right now man I would probably nah nah, man but let me let me let me say this real quick about the organization this is worse than anything like you think about Bob McNair, and I know he, he did, like, before he died, it was some controversy there. He said some shit that was out of pocket that he shouldn't have said. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it is what it is with that. But, like, he was at least, like, a leader. You know what I'm saying? He, he ain't necessarily be the type of dude that you might want to lead you or might not be somebody that you want to follow per se. But the dude was a leader. Like, I don't feel like Bob was was – an incompetent owner, even if you didn't ride with, like, what he stood for or some of the things he said or whatever it was. Like, the dude knew what he was doing. And what's, what's happened here is Cal, just like the rest of us, didn't get to pick who his parents was, and he just happened to be born to who he was born to the same way yeah. the rest of us was born to who we was born to. And the man just don't seem to be built for it. He's not his daddy. And, and I think that's just showing. <laughs> that's just showing because bobbing there for whatever his flaws was, I don't think it would be nearly this bad because Bob knew what he didn't know. 
and was smart enough to hire people around him to handle situations like this. And it didn't necessarily have to do with who who could tell the best prayer or, or you know, make him feel the best about, you know, uh, scripture. or I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, the spiritual connection is that it had to go beyond that. Like, that's fine if that's what it's going to be. And that's what you, you know, how you oriented it and everything. But it's still got to go beyond that. Like Rick Smith was, a, is a, you know, supposedly you know, a Christian man or whatever. But he, at least he knew football, you know, whether you yeah. like the job he did or not, you know. Whereas they didn't did this other thing that just, you know, that, that's just way in the other direction. Yeah. Do you think it's a way, uh, what do you think could keep Deshaun Watson here? If they hire B enemy, even though we know that probably won't happen, do you think that's a p- possible way to keep him? I don't even know if it's just about hiring B enemy. Like I think that's 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 one route that you could go. But I think it's a few head coaching candidates out there that I think would be good. B enemy is one of them. I like the the Los Angeles uh, uh, the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator Brandon, Brandon Staley. Staley. Yeah. You know he's out there. I'm not even as down on some of these older guys, even though I just wouldn't be like like you're not gonna get nobody excited bringing in Jim Caldwell. Yeah. You're not gonna bring get nobody excited bringing in Marvin Lewis, even though I think that those dudes probably get a worse rap as coaches because black mm-hmm. coaches don't get a chance to fail like white coaches do, right? So, so we look at them as like has beens or you know they get kind of painted painted with a broad brush because black co- black coaches and black people in general <laughs> are just not allowed to fail in the same ways that white people are. So I think that that's part of it. You know, you don't get the retread black coach is nowhere near as appealing as the retread white coach. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of the reality of it. But as far as, like, what would make him happy, I think it's more so about the communication. Like, they can't they can't blow the hire, right? Like, they can't just go get somebody, and I don't necessarily know who this is, but they can't get the hire wrong or, like, somebody that either Deshaun doesn't want or believe in. Or somebody, somebody who immediately fails to do a good job of communicating with Deshaun. Like if it starts off bad, that type of thing. But if you can get a coach that Deshaun believe in, that communicate well with Deshaun. And then from there, the important thing is to get in a room or a Zoom or whatever it is they feel comfortable with. With Nick Casario, Deshaun Watson. And they can decide whether they want Easterby to be in there or not. <laughs> But they need to have a conversation about what is this dude going to be doing? Mm. How involved in the day-to-day is he going to be? How much in the locker room? How much with the players? Like, what's going to be his role? Cal might have to be in on this because he's the boss. He the one that really, I think, with between Casario and Easterby, I mean, I'm sorry, between Casario and, and Cal, it seemed like those are the ones that, that, may, that might have his ear or be able to say, hey, man, maybe you, shouldn't, maybe you should just stay in your office today you know hmm. maybe you should maybe you should meet with so-and-so once a week or once every other week instead of being up in there every day maybe you shouldn't uh say nothing to none of the coaches on game day about different things that they should do or whatever all of this meddling you're doing now can they do that i don't know <laughs> is he can, can they rein him in i don't know it, it, it's hard to imagine that you can uh, be elevated to this point and get this amount of power and be in this position, be the owner's right-hand man, and then take a step back. That's the part that I'm having a, a, a tough time visualizing. But I do think that if they can get in there and have a real tough conversation 
and everybody say, hey, we're going to play our roles, we're going to play our position, that maybe it could work. Now, the other issue, though, is Cal. Like, at what point is Cal McNair going to stand up? And I don't know if it's about necessarily even firing Easterby, but at what point is he going to stand up and, like, really stick his chest out and, like, look like a man? You know, because right now it looks like he's getting run over. It looks like he's getting run over by Jack Easterby. It looks like he's getting run over by Deshaun Watson. He just mm-hmm. does not seem to have, you know what I'm saying? Like, you ever just, like Jerry Jones, you don't have to like Jerry Jones, but you're not fixing to run over Jerry Jones, you know? He, he, will run, he, he will run himself into the ground before he lets you run him over, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like there's, I think there's a matter of, like, respect. Like, you got to come out here and command respect. And I just don't feel like he's done that yet. That, to me, is just as much of a problem as Easterby is. And I don't know how Cal or if he can fix that. Yeah. Do you think it's a um, the reason he's this way is because he actually didn't, you know, he kind of inherited the team rather than most of the other owners had other businesses and they actually paid for the team. And, you know, there was already CEOs and bosses, so they kind of knew how to run somewhat of an organization. Because you you kind of see it with newer owners. Like, with the, me being a Browns fan, Jimmy Haslam, when he yeah. first bought the team, you know, everyone was excited because he was kind of loud a little bit. He he wanted to win. But you also seen all the mistakes he made. Like, this, yeah. this is probably the first year where he actually got it right. But he had to go through all them different things, uh, you know, uh, 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 him forcing the, the Browns to draft Manziel and little stuff like that. I kind of thought it was like that with Cal, but now it seemed like it seemed like he really don't know what's going on. It seemed like he's not really buddy buddy with the other owners. It, it yeah. just seemed like he kind of lost, and he keeping East to be there because that's the one person he trusts. Yeah. So the one thing that I thought the SI article did really well was illustrate how when Bob was in when Bob was alive and healthy, he had. His trusted advisors, I forget the name of the guy that they mentioned in the article, but there was one guy who was real close to to to, to Bob. And, of course, there was Rick Smith for all of those years from, like, you know, 06 to 2017. You know, so over a decade, Rick Smith is the GM, so you solid there. Like his moves, and I'm not here, whoever listening, if y'all don't, don't, don't throw you, nothing to your drink at the, at, the, at the speaker. I'm not saying every move and everything about Rick Smith was perfect. I understand that by the time he left, there was some, you know, mixed, uh, mixed bag on his performance. But I'm saying you were solid with who you trusted, and, and you at least knew that this guy got some football acumen. He got relationships around the league. This is our GM. This is our guy. So you had that. And then there was another, like I say, another trusted advisor to Bob. Well, at some point, Bob replaced that person, and then later on, that guy dies anyway. And so does Bob not too long after that. And then, of course, we know what happened with Rick Smith. His wife gets sick. He leaves, goes to take care of his wife. She ultimately dies, and then, um, you know, they they replace Rick with Brian Gain. So I, I, I think that what happened is the, the circle – what what was the Texans inner circle of power either died or somebody close to them died and they, you know, left the organization and that left Cal to kind of by himself. So speaking to your point, Figgy, I think that's right on. You know, like now what's left over is, you know, they brought in Jack Easterby when they still had Brian Gain. Brian Gain almost gets, gets fired almost immediately. 
you know, uh, Bill O'Brien's gone now. So this is it, you know, like this is it. Um, Jack used to be as a duty trust. Um, it is weird that Jamie, like if you hear reports and, and, and kind of just read the tea leaves, the team president, Jamie Roots, who's been there since day one, is kind of on the outs because he doesn't seem to be like too big of a fan of how, uh, how the McNairs are getting down. They don't seem to be a big fan of how he released his book and went on a on a press tour with his with his book in the middle of them having a losing season, you know, <laughs> which probably wasn't a good idea either. Uh, and, and like the book was called like the you know the key to winning or something about <laughs> winning success, some yeah. some about winning, you know. It was like really like oxymoronic kind of given the situation, you know, with them being losers at the time. So uh, <laughs> so it's it's a it, it, I, I think that that's an issue. And yeah, man, like the, the circle, at least in terms of how the football team is run. Like I don't know about his personal life, but at least in terms of the Texans, the circle seems small. I, I feel you, man. Like y'all, y'all speaking the truth right now. Uh, I think there is validity in everything uh, that's been said. But I, I do want to kick around this one, this one thought I had in the, on the last podcast, man, real quick. And I know we can all discuss it being that we're all black men in America. <laughs> but I, I, I just want to kick this around real quick and, and see if you agree or if there's any possible truth to it. Because I have a theory. You know, we know Deshaun Watson is not uh, happy with the organization. Uh, but I have a theory that it might go both ways. I have a theory that the ownership might not be as high on Deshaun as we think. And a reason is because when you when you think about the quarterback they thought they were getting, you know, we all know this is a Republican <laughs> MAGA type organization at the top. You know, we know what the McNairs have said. We know they support Trump. Uh, we heard we heard the build a wall quote in the press brick. conference. <laughs> yes. So we know where they lean politically. And we also know that when Deshaun was coming in, you know, highly touted by Dabo Sweeney, visited Trump, you know, got the photo out with Trump after Clemson won the national championship. No burgers. Made I feel like I, I feel like they <laughs> thought they were getting a particular type of quarterback. But we see what Deshaun does now. He's very outspoken on social issues. Kneels yep. for the anthem. Kneels for the anthem. Put Black Lives Matters on his helmet. That, you know, you see all the time when they cut to him, uh, very, very outspoken about liberal issues. I I'm wondering, and also the fact that he has publicly inserted himself into, you know, saying that I will have a voice on where this organization goes as far as the head coach search and all that. He, he said that in press conferences. So I I'm wondering, do, do you think that might factor in to... Deshaun may be moving on from the organization. Do you think that there's any truth to the fact that they, they might not feel the same way about Deshaun Watson as they did when he first came into the team? And maybe they want to, at least on some level, because I believe this organization thinks they're bigger than any one player, even Deshaun Watson. And I yeah. think they believe they will live, outlive <laughs> any player who plays for them. Faith and so, football. Yes. Yep. <laughs> they are they yep. are very high on culture and maybe they don't think Deshaun Watson fits the Texans culture anymore. Do you think that could be true? I can't dismiss it. I can't rule it out. Like part of me wants to think that 
they've seen Deshaun, like somebody in there at least has watched enough of Deshaun Watson to realize that they have not had no quarterback like this. And yeah. it's, it, it, you know, if nothing else, Deshaun Watson is good for business. Like he's box office. So I, I don't understand, like, even, even if that is the case, you know, it, it's so alive. Now, that would be consistent with, like, you know, <laughs> not just racism, but, like, issues where white people act against their own interests at times, you yeah. know? And, and, like, you know, you, you get what I'm saying there. So this, this would be <laughs> consistent with that. But, I, I, like, I want to be more optimistic than that. I could just be naive. But, look, this is why I will say that I can't rule out what you're saying because it's all laid out. And it's not just – I would even go further, Rocket, with not just the way you laid it out, saying that maybe they thought they were getting one type and, and that they got another. But, like, keep in mind that the football people even at the time didn't necessarily want this – like, it was, mm-hmm. it was just Rick Smith. Yep. Like it was just Rick Smith who wanted him. The black, yeah. lo and behold, the black <laughs> dude in the room. It, it, it just so yeah. happened that they had already they had already picked a black dude that they liked, and it was Rick Smith. And so <laughs> that black dude went and got the, got the next one, you know. And so that's mm-hmm. how that ended up working out. So I would even go back to the end and and question whether they ever really wanted this guy to be the face of their franchise and how much they ever believed in him to begin with now all those things that you say about him coming from clemson being with Dabo, being linked to all of that yeah maybe they did think that once he got here they were going to get a certain type and then it's it, it switch up but man look it's some it's some aspects of this that you gotta ask some uncomfortable questions okay and i feel like since i'm with y'all this is a place where i'm gonna ask them you know because <laughs> maybe maybe everywhere i don't feel like it's the time and the place but look man one of the top candidates, let, let, let's even go back, two of the top candidates for head coach. This go-round, remind you, the Texans had the first opening, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Texans had the first, they had the first opening for GM and head coach. And what did they do? <laughs> They're, they let three teams hire coaches before them. Which mm-hmm. one of, what, what was one of them that got hired? One of the top coaches, Robert Sala, hired by the New York Jets. Robert Sala just happens to be the first Muslim head coach hired in the NFL ever. The first known Muslim hired in the NFL ever. Now, you might say, well, Robert Sala worked for the Texans, you know, uh, you know, in the early days. He was, he, you know, he coached the scout team. Seth Payne talks about him coaching the, South te- the, the scout team back in the day. You know, it's not like they never employed a Muslim before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this would be different. This would be yeah. different. This the 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 face of your in so, in a lot of ways the face of your franchise be you know two minorities, one of them a Muslim. You know, two guys, two guys, uh, br- two brown dudes. Uh, one of them uh, is a Muslim. You know, you got you, you can ask those questions when the issue of faith and Christianity. Seems to play such a big part and role in the identity of the team and the direction of the team. Even if they deny it, it's 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 hard to get away from when you ask somebody about somebody's qualification. You ask one of them about the other's qualification, and they tell you about how they like to serve. You know, and they start telling you things that you would hear out out of. And it's nothing against that, but that's stuff that you hear out of out of the church, man. That's not really. That's not really. That's not really football stuff. 
You know, so you had that question. Then you look at Eric Bieniemy. Okay, <laughs> this is supposed to be one of the top candidates. They waited until they had a a damn firestorm, a PR firestorm <laughs> about Deshaun Watson being mad until yep. they even reach out to the dude and and, and and request an interview. Up until that point, there seemed to be no interest in Eric Bieniemy. And from what I understand from behind the scenes, there still ain't really much much interest in Eric Bieniemy. But I think there is an understanding that they would be silly to not at least interview him. I do think that. So. Yeah, when when you when all things considered, yeah, yeah, you you, you think about imaging, and, and how do they view themselves? How do you know? Do they view themselves as aligned, uh, you know, philosophically, morally, and and spiritually, and all of these things? You know, like it, it's a culture clash, man. Deshaun <laughs> yeah. Watson that came out here. We talk about a lot of people say, well, he haven't said anything. Well, back when he was talking, when the season was. Right before he left for his vacation, he said they needed a culture shift. He said that they didn't have no foundation. And the foundation is supposed to be the McNair family. The culture is supposed to be Jack Easterby. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it, it is a clash. It's, it's clearly a clash there. So I, I think that there could be something to that. Like maybe what if, and God forbid, but what if it is in fact that, you know, maybe maybe they do look at, Deshaun Watson as replaceable. Maybe yeah. the fact that what I said earlier when I pointed out how they haven't said we won't trade Deshaun Watson instead of saying he's our quarterback, yeah, mm-hmm. for now. Maybe that yep. does say something. Maybe when you go into Nick Casario's comments and the way he was specific and and wanted to mention how it's team before I and and no individual over the team like he went into a little into a small little uh diatribe about that you know kind of a cliche about team over individual who is he talking about what what is he talking about you know cuz we're there to se- we're we're there to celebrate you um we're there to ask you about Deshaun Watson um we're asking you about Jack Easterby which individual is it you know that you're talking about uh to, or are you talking about everybody um, or, or are you looking at somebody specific? Yeah, that's crazy. And then to, uh, to piggyback off what you said, man, uh, with the coaches, the the black coaches they're looking into is like a Jim Caldwell, who's a known Christian guy. I think Leslie yeah. F- Frazier, I want to say he is too, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird. And then I, I want to say last week, I ain't really like the tone people was using with um, – what what came out about Jim Caldwell? How they said they was looking into him to clean this mess up, and uh, that 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 kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I felt like they trying to bring in a black coach to clean up all this drama and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Keep, <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like they'd keep him for like two years, and then they'll go get a Joe Brady, uh, a a young white dude to you know just step in into the perfect situation. I, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just I just don't like that type of energy. I had I had that. I, I was gonna say I kind of had that feeling too, you know, a little bit. But then I thought about it. Man, they don't even seem to be that calculated at this point. Man, like maybe Jack <laughs> Easterby might, but I don't even know if Cal. I think more than anything, and I do know this just on some background that they do actually like Jim Caldwell. But I think it could be more of a type of thing where. They view him as that type. Going back to kind of Rocket's point about Deshaun and what they thought of Deshaun, I think that could be applied to how they think about Jim Caldwell too. So I think it's probably some legitimacy there, but it's probably you know more so on their blind side of you know they like a certain type of 
you know they like a certain they you know they got a yeah. type when they when they come to us yeah so that's, uh, i that's think a, it's more of that too yeah that's a big uh to me jim caldwell and the airbnb enemy are totally different i feel like exactly. the Jetsons organization is more on jim caldwell than the uh, uh, Airbnb enemy who have a you know a louder voice and in, in a different style. Yeah. Well. Oh man. He, he would come in here. I even think Leslie Frazier to a degree um, would be that type that, that would come in and and not be afraid to shake the table if they need to. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's the type of personality. That's really kind of why I'm why I'm in faith. Like if I if he was gonna go with the old school, I kind of lean more toward the Leslie Frazier because I think that would be more of a closer closer to the oil and water that that i feel like they need for that mix for that mix with uh with with jack easterby i kind of i kind of want that i'm like i don't know if it would actually work or that would be like a good idea necessarily but i'd like to see it i i can tell you that um so so yeah i kind of i kind of look at 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 uh you know at, at fraser leslie fraser kind of more so along those lines too um kind of like eric the enemy just old, just kind of old school. He might have a little bit more respectability to him, uh, being old school. But I don't, man. I don't look at that dude man, and be like, that's somebody that Jack used to be finna coming here and uh, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, nah, he's not. Jim, honestly, man, Jim, both of them being old, people forget this too about Jack Easterby. He not even forty. Jack Easterby is like thirty-seven or thirty-eight years yeah. old. Damn. So, yeah. so like, it's kind of impressive in some ways how this young dude has been able to have this, you know, this influence over uh, over a billionaire son who's, <laughs> who, you know, you would imagine has lived his, some life by now. But, but I mean, but he's done it, you know. But I don't see, man, I have a, t- a tough time seeing him, you know, trying to run some game on Jim yeah. Caldwell or Leslie Frazier, honestly. They'd probably be like, what the fuck is you doing on the field, man? <laughs> Like get your exactly. ass back in the office. Exactly. <laughs> like, t- take them headsets off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Well, man. look, man. We appreciate you join, uh, giving your insight, man. And, and of course, we all hope that Deshaun Watson stays. But I, I, I'm gonna say it right now. Like, and you spoke on this as well. Like, I, I don't see how anybody can see what's happened in Houston sports in the last year or two. And and, and and say nothing is possible. Like, something for sure is not going to happen. People are saying Deshaun Watson is surely not going to get traded. They're not going to be dumb enough to let Deshaun Watson go. When that DeAndre Hopkins story leaked that they might be shopping him around, what everybody say? Oh, there's no way they're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins. There's no way. And then an hour later, it happened. Uh, I thought James Harden was going to retire a rocket. Like I legit thought James Harden was gonna retire or at least play until his until basically you know the Olajuwon deal where you're basically washed up and maybe you get shipped off or whatever. So I don't see how you can see what's happened in the past year, even the past couple of weeks, <laughs> and say that something is just not gonna happen because you never know, man. This sports are crazy. This league is crazy. This team is crazy. Crazy things yeah. have happened uh, in in Houston sports in the last year or two. So yeah. never say yeah. never, man. I, I think I think the important difference or the, the key difference or what I, I should say what needs to be the difference is how they feel about Deshaun Watson or learning the truth about how they feel about Deshaun Watson. This is really speaking to your question earlier when you kind of when you, when you spun it as is this somebody that they really want? Is this the guy that they thought that they were getting? 
Mm-hmm. I think the answer to that, the answer to that question, I think is going to be really important in how different this situation is from the ones that you laid out. Because the difference with DeAndre and the difference with James is that they raised a big enough stink that eventually the organizations got to a point to where they were willing to get rid of them. They, they, they were willing to get rid of the org. They straight up didn't want DeAndre no more because they, they yeah. traded him for nothing. They traded him for nothing. At mm-hmm. least with James Harden, they got something back. And I don't think they wanted to trade him, but they didn't want him around no more either. He had, it had gotten to that <laughs> point. You know what I mean? Whereas with Deshaun, at what point, if, if they're not already there, when do they reach that point to where they don't want him here? You know, like, and, and that, I think, is, the, is what's harder for people to wrap their minds around, that you could have Deshaun Watson and still be in whatever headspace of, well, maybe I don't even want Deshaun Watson. Yeah. What? What? What are you talking about? You know, like, and, and if that's the case, then, yeah, man, it's in play because he don't want to be here, you know? The only thing right now I feel like that's keeping them here is the fact that, you know, maybe they, they do understand that, hey, you, you can't trade. You actually cannot trade this guy. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing that you could possibly. It would be it would be the dumbest thing that they could possibly do. So I, I think the answer to your question earlier is going to be what's, what's important. You know, do they how much do they really value this guy or are they going to be are they going to stick to this team before I is is the the Houston way actually the Patriots way you know all of that corny slogan stuff that they try to do like are they gonna really hit us with that and then turn around and actually do things like say a, a, a you know a shrewd and I'm not gonna even say a shrewd Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick is not dumb enough to just trade uh, uh, if he had a Deshaun Watson in his prime he over there with Cam with Cam Newton struggling with half a shoulder. Um, you know, in a shell of himself, um, had a watch Tom Brady and then watched him go and do his thing in, 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 uh, in Tampa. He, he, he damn sure would never do this. They would never do this. So yeah, that's, 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 that's going to be, that's going to be a key man to see how they feel about the dude for real. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting real quick. Uh, did you have another question on the Texans? No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on the rocket straight. We brought that up not that long ago. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm shocked that they traded James Harden. I thought they would before the season, but I, I mean, clearly I wasn't that far off. But um, what's your thoughts on the actual trade? Oh, I, I mean, I think the trade. My, my whole thing was, you know, you never win when you trade a superstar. It's part of the reason why, or you rarely. I should say you rarely win. But it's part of the reason why, you know, I don't even like to entertain the idea because hopefully people are smart enough to know you don't you just don't trade Deshaun Watson you know but with James it had kind of just gotten to a point man where they just could not coexist anymore James didn't believe in the team he wanted clearly wanted a fresh start uh it didn't matter what kind of moves they made I mean the Rockets did everything that you could imagine that, that a team could do with you know, limited money and or like I shouldn't say limited money, but like this unwillingness to to venture into the luxury tax on the one end. Broke owner, you just know, say it. Broke owner. Broke. Yeah, yeah. Well, broke <laughs> owner. But even 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 but even before the pandemic. Well, I don't know. Has he been broke? Because even before the pandemic, he he didn't want to go into luxury yeah, tax. He, so like yeah. even when he was supposed to be rich, it was it, you not, know. Yeah, I wouldn't say broke, but cheap. 
He was cheap. He cheap. didn't want to. Yeah, that's what it was. There you go. There you go. So you got a cheap owner who now actually might be becoming broke, as Rocky say, because <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, the, the world that come at, came at him fast and everything. So you got that, and then they had traded all their draft picks away to go get, you know, to to, to ship Chris Paul out of here to go get Russell Westbrook. So they had very few ways to really make their team better, and they figured it out. They got a bargain deal for Christian Wood, who is a decent number two and a hell of a number three if John Wall steps up and is your number two. They they were able to flip Russell Westbrook and get John Wall back. I feel like that's maybe the best-case scenario given that situation if you're talking about getting rid of what seems like an untradeable contract. Uh, and then, they, you know, they get into Marcus Cousins. They did some things is the point. The Rockets did some things to try to make this team competitive around James. It haven't been working out so far, especially leading up to that trade. But it's not like they didn't try. But James had just kind of already seemed like made up his mind that he didn't want to play for a new general manager, nothing personal with Steven Silas, but he didn't give a damn about him being a first-year blackhead coach. He didn't want to play for him neither. And James was ready to get up out of here. So when you look at the trade and, you know, you get all of these picks back, I mean, I think that's that's really – I mean, that, that's really the best you could do because, you know – at some point, James was gonna make it make the work environment uh, to a point that was just too toxic to 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 keep up. Like I I didn't want him traded because I thought having him on the team gave you the best chance to win. Yeah. But if he was gonna act like this, then it's really like you don't have him on the team, you know. So I mean, it is what it is at this point. You know, I'm glad. I'm really kind of glad to see him gone because I'm ready to. I'm at this point just ready for the team to move on and do something different. Okay, I, I I was with you to that last point, man. Because I, well, I think to, let me no, tell you why. Fair. Let me tell you why. Let me, go ahead. I go was ahead. gonna let me just just tell you why real quick. The reason why, at some point, I think it was that Lakers, that first Lakers game, Rocket. I gave up on winning. I was like, hey man, this is not a winner. So once I once I I put my guard down and said they can't win. I, at that point, I was just like, man, I just want to see good basketball. I want to see them hoop. You know, like I don't want to see no kind of like bullshit basketball. <laughs> if they if they not gonna if they not gonna win, at least be fun, at least be entertaining. You know, like the Steve Francis era Rockets was never gonna win, but I like watching dude play, be entertaining, entertain me, and, and do that. But they wasn't even trying to do that. So that that's the only reason. Like a week ago, but like before that, that Lakers game, I was still like, nah, man, you got James, you can win. You can win with James, but then James was on some bullshit. So yeah. I was just like, they can't win, but let's at least go out there and be fun. So that's where I was coming from. No, I feel you. And a lot of people feel the same way you do too, man. But I just have a problem. And this is why like, I feel conflicted about the Deshaun Watson thing, because I can already see like there's a, a small wrinkle of people, but it will grow. If Deshaun Watson straight up comes out and says, I, I want out, the fan base will turn on him. Because I've seen it happen with James Harden. You know, yeah, James Harden went out like a bitch. Like, like, I'll be real with it. <laughs> the way he came in, it, he, he skipped training camp to be at Lil Baby's birthday bash, came in out of shape, fatter than usual, uh, quit on the team, did was, was averaging, you know, his career lows, basically. So he went out like a bitch. He, it was nine games into the season. So people made a little bit, they were overdramatic about, you know, nine games into a COVID impacted season where games getting canceled left or right. That that's not enough for me to discount 
Nine years of competitive basketball, though, man. Nine years of making the playoffs since we got James Harden. Nine years of championship aspirations. Yeah, he did He did uh, not deliver in the playoffs a bunch of times, but there was always a chance with him. And the way the fan base has turned on him, I've seen people defend the ownership now. The same <laughs> yeah. ownership they criticized. He drove out Dan Tony. He drove out Daryl Morey. And now uh, he's kikiing it with Trump, trashing his own general manager. And people are defending him and his organization and saying James is in the wrong. You know, yeah, so yeah. I, the, the the way I've seen this fan base turn on James Harden just because the last nine games in the last half a season, like I, I'm disgusted by it, man. Like the people are talking about we shouldn't even retire his jersey because no, they're crazy. so mad. <laughs> no, that's that's Come that's on, absurd. Man. No, but this is what I would say is the difference, man. And where I push back on the James Harden critique is only when they start talking about how he wasn't a good like when they try to downplay what kind of basketball player he was because yeah. he did come up he did come up small at times in the postseason like that's fair but like I agree with what you're saying about all the years of competitive basketball like you know they were in the the semifinals like four or five straight years um they made it to the conference finals twice with James Harden you know like if they were they were highly competitive and he was consistently a top five, top three player in the league, won the MVP once, could argue should have won it twice, and was just overall great and successful as a basketball player. So, like, I don't have time for or even, like, to entertain people who want to shit on James Harden as a basketball player because that means you either don't know basketball or, like, you're just letting your emotions get the best of you. It's one of the two. But... I will say the difference with James Harden and where I'll push back on your point is that you always had, I feel like, maybe not always, but for much longer than nine games and maybe and I would say even longer than a year or two, you've had a segment of the fan base that was put off by James Harden's standoffish kind of personality. And you could say it's, it's kind of weak, you know, in, in some ways being like caring too much about a player's uh, personality and, and clinging too much to a player, but there was always something that was off about James Harden personality-wise, and I think he could only go backwards from that point once it started to go sour because he already had this standoffish personality that I think rubbed people the wrong way. Whereas, like, basically when it comes down to it, I think people appreciate, like, if you were a Rockets fan or a basketball fan, you appreciated James Harden. But you ne- you might not have necessarily liked him or identified with him or anything like that. Whereas with Deshaun, he's a more palpable and likable dude. And I don't just mean in the kind of, you know, in the in the Clemson way, you know, in the going to the White House <laughs> kind of way. I don't mean it even necessarily like that. I just mean from a personality type of dude yeah. that like you know what I'm saying, that you would be around outside of a press conference. Where you like if like if I ran into and I've done this, you know, if I'm at, you know, meeting, seeing Deshaun Watson in a normal social setting, I have a conversation with him without my notepad or my recorder or getting ready to tweet. Like, I'm cool with, like, talking to the dude. Whereas with James, you could never, I, would, I could never imagine having a conversation with James off the record, like, that, that he would voluntarily have. Because he's just a brother. He's above yeah. all of us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I think that that is part part of that you know factors into the distaste for him 
But I, I agree with you with the exaggeration of his time here. And I, I like I'm not here for any conversation that um, that that discounts how great he was or like retiring his jersey. He is the second best player to ever play for the organization. Yes. And, and, and there are basketball arguments. There are not, no sentimental, but there are basketball arguments to be made that he could be the best. Now, I would never make yeah. them, but but they're there. They're there to be had. And and so he he is that great. He is he is among that class. Like he might not be Hakeem Olajuwon, but wherever Hakeem Olajuwon goes, James Harden belongs in the same places in terms of basketball. So so hard stop on that. But but yeah, man, <laughs> it, it 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 is it is a, a thing, and I see it too with Deshaun. I, I think you know you you also got this segment of people that are just not about the players, you know, mm-hmm. or, or like the player empowerment or the player deciding where it is that they want to go, you know, only in sports, you know, like any of us, if we decide, figure you decide, man, I don't want to work in Cleveland no more. I don't want to work in Houston no more. And we move and we can do it. And nobody's going to be like, man, you know, this, that, or the third, or have some kind of opinion on it. It's only in sports where people are like, how does this dude dare to move to another city? And man, this is life. This is life, man. So you let him live it. That's the way I, I mean, let him live his life. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I agree, man. And to your point about his personality, yes, James Harden is very aloof. I thought it was right. hilarious in that press conference. They asked him about the insurrection at the Capitol, and he said he didn't know about it. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, how, how, how did you not, like, even if you don't have the internet, like, young thug alleges, I don't know how you could not know what happened. Remember, he did it, uh, Was it was uh, earlier last year, about, about a year ago. He uh, Remember, he had the Blue Lives Matter yeah, mask? Yeah, mask. And he, had and he no didn't idea. know what it was. Yeah, he yeah. That was, that was coming back. That was coming back to the bubble. That was when they started the <laughs> yeah. bubble. Yeah. Just during during the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's consistent. Like when when he said that, I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, what what would have been more? You know what? If, what I'm gonna tell you this. This is what would have been more surprising if he had some kind of enlightened, eloquent take on it. You know, yes. yeah. like you know what I'm saying. Like you know how we say keep that same energy. Mm-hmm. That that part I at least respect because like he kept it. Like he he said, <laughs> I don't know what 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 happened. Oh uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Even, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. That's why, how he is. Yeah, I don't even know why they even asked him that question. Like, yeah, like, why don't y'all yeah. asking James Harden take on it? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not LeBron. It's understandable if it's LeBron or right. I think like they that. ask every, they ask every NBA player though, man, because usually the NBA players have something to say. James Harden is one of the few that don't, but most of them do have something to say about social justice issues and things like that. So, yeah, you, you should know that he's not the type. But at the same time, they were asking everybody, so I don't really put it the question against being asked. But but yeah, the only thing that gets me about the Harden and going back to just I, I don't like the hypocrisy, man, because I was talking to Figgy about the uh, before the podcast, too. I, I don't see how what James Harden says. I, I just don't understand how, because I feel like him coming into this team and asking if they're going through a reboot, like what's going on. I don't think it's much different from how J.J. Watt came into the season. I'm not saying he was out of shape. Of course, he was in good shape. He played 16 games, but he also defensively was sloppy for a good portion of the season, uh, played yeah. for stats other than playing for wins at times. And he straight up said, I'm not going to rebuild. I'm not here to rebuild. And the fan base was like, yeah, talk that shit, JJ. 
But when James yeah. Harden says it, it's an issue because, you know, how dare, how dare you say, how dare you have that energy with us when we supported you for so long? And uh, I got to call people out to Adam Clanton, Clutch fans <laughs> on Twitter. Y'all are the number one hypocrites about James Harden, man. I know there's some people who never liked James Harden that much and just kind of rooted for the team more so than him. But y'all motherfuckers in particular were the ones who were the cheer- James Harden pom-pom cheerleading. He is the MVP every year. He does nothing wrong. And now suddenly he did nothing for Houston. I'm calling those accounts out in particular, man, because they are the most hypocritical. James Harden ran. I just have to get that out of my chest, man. That's now, my rant. Now they're they going to say he travel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they were his main They were his main defenders. They were his main yes. defenders. Look, I'm, look man. So I, I'll say the difference, the difference, though, uh, and, and on those accounts that you mentioned, I, I'll just say this because I, I don't want to start a media beef, but there is a, <laughs> there is a reason why I don't follow those accounts. I'm going to just say that. There is a reason why I, I purposely, and they come across my feed every now and then because, you know, the, the, the Venn diagram, there's some crossover in just who we are. Um, and, and, you know, and even Adam, Adam Clanton went to Sam Houston State, so you, and so did I. So, you know, we, we got some crossover. Um, but I purposely do not follow those accounts for some of those reasons. Just because it's just too, it's just too dr- dramatic for me, for my taste. Yes. But... I was like, and I think it's a little extra and put on, but the difference though with James and the reason why I criticize it, because uh, I, I don't, I, I'm all for player empowerment. I'm all for, especially, you know, superstars and in the NBA, um, who who I think have a much better grasp for what a roster should look like because they're smaller rosters, only five dudes on the court at a time. I think in, in, in basketball, it's much more reasonable. Um, for you know, you know, for a basketball player to even have um, an opinion on what the roster should look like or how good the roster can be and what they can do with it and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm much more even open to it. But James Harden sucks at it. That's the problem that I have. Um, James Harden is a, is is a terrible assistant general manager, and it is partly his fault that they're in the situation that they're in, and, and that's the reason why I'm frustrated by it because. And that's the difference, too, because most of these other players weren't part of the reasons why their rosters turned into what they turned into. James Harden was instrumental in that trade for Russell Westbrook, which we now know was highly unnecessary. Yeah. And 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 is part of the deconstruction of the roster like the Russell Westbrook trade leads to this awkward pairing and this awkward fit basketball and schematic schematic wise. Right. And so then you have to get rid of Clint Capella and then you get rid of Clint Capella to, to trade to, to turn your roster into this small ball kind of thing, which, you know, could have worked if you were better. But it wasn't so much the small. They just weren't really good enough to do small ball like they needed. They didn't have a Draymond Green or a Kevin Durant, you know, like they weren't good enough to do it. You know, it wasn't even just the small ball. It was just, hey, no, y'all got to be better if you're going to do small ball. So all of that. And, and, and it starts with. James Harden and and that issue with Chris Paul and them not being able to uh, to make it work, you know. So to me, that's where it kind of kind of starts. And you look at Chris Paul, and I'll admit, I'm the first to admit, I don't want to be no hypocrite. I thought Chris Paul was washed too. Like if you if you do a, 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 a takes exposed or go do a Twitter search, is how I was talking back then. I'm pretty. I don't know exactly what I'm what I was saying, 
but I'm pretty sure I thought Chris Paul was washed because that's how I remember it. But he ain't, <laughs> you know, and yeah. he wasn't. And it's their job to know that, you know, you know, I, I can I can be wrong, but it's their job to to get it right, and they didn't, and they got rid of Chris Paul and shouldn't have, and the yeah. roster went to shit went to shit after that, and James Paul, I'm sorry, James Harden is is a part of it, is 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 part of the reason. So like, you made this bed, you know, like you can be mad, but like I really just don't, I'm, I don't feel sorry for you, I don't really just, I don't want to hear it, because you tried to play assistant GM and you failed at it. You know, now you want to be upset. You want to be upset about it. And, and more than anything, I understand, you know, being, you know, not having confidence in the situation because your, your people are gone. You know, your coach and your GM are gone more than anything. Um, but as far as like what the roster look like now, goddamn, you got you got a lot to do with it. So that, that that's a fair point, man. And yeah, he did make the bed. He did. And that's the one the biggest mistake, like you said, the Chris Paul trade. Uh, ownership should have dug their toes down and said, we're not making that trade. You guys got to work it out. But, yeah. you know, they, they likely have problems behind the scenes, and that's why Chris Paul was moved. That should have never happened. But yeah, that, that, was also, that was also on, on Fertitta. I'm glad you said that because I just shitted on James Harden for the whole thing. But I'm glad you mentioned the owner because it's also well known that Tillman Fertitta thought that Chris Paul's contract, you know, he's making 40, you know, the max, like, yeah, like everybody mm-hmm. else, the 40, 40, $41 million a year, whatever it was. He thought it was the worst contract in sports. That's that's yeah. out there. You, you can go look that up. <laughs> he thought that was the worst contract in sports. Well, damn, it, it, it's not like it's any worse than paying, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook or, or yes. John Wall forty million dollars a year, which they don't. And, and that's not to shit on Russell Westbrook or John Wall, but none of them are probably worth forty million dollars a year. But that yes. is what the that's what the market has dictated. They they got those. Those contracts for a reason you know take it up with the next cba or with the owners or whatever but that's what max players get you know mm-hmm. so i mean he was wrong about that <laughs> he's just straight up wrong you're, you're you're right man but james harden got what he won in the end so in the end he won but yeah I, the, the 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 dramatics are just too much me on twitter man i had to unfollow <laughs> a lot of rockets accounts just because they're being a little too 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 emotional kind of like when somebody goes through a bad breakup and the yeah. person who they've been talking about, talking up, they boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, oh, he the best or she does so much for me this whole time. And then when the breakup happens, like, oh, this nigga wasn't shit. You know, he did, then you hear all the bad stuff and you're like, I ain't like this nigga anyway. Yeah. So that, that, that's what I'm not here for. But <laughs> it yeah. is what it is, yeah. man. James, James Harden got what he wanted. So good, good luck to him in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. the Rockets are a lottery team now <laughs> so yeah. i hope everybody's ready for this rebuild um it's been a long time since they've been in rebuild mode but mm-hmm. we're here now so yeah 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 man yeah man it's weird it was weird like the whole year you know i went to to a couple of the games early i think i went to i know i went to at least one of the king's games i can't remember the other one like just offhand like i just i went to a couple games already and it just there's no crowd, like there's like limited crowd, and you know the mm-hmm. crowds already don't be there. Yeah, and the buzz, <laughs> the buzz is just not there, man. Like, and I love basketball more than any sport. Um, Same, but 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 through work, having to deal with these Texans and this drama, <laughs> and then and then the basketball just being you know mid grade uh, with the with the Rockets, it's uh it's it's been a like a really weird thing because you used to at least there being a buzz around the team, but. But yeah, man, I, I I'm at least gonna try to keep watching the games and 
you know, I hope that at least they're watchable. That's all I can ask. Like I yeah. told you, man, I gave up on winning. I gave up on winning before the Harden <laughs> trade. That's why I was okay with the Harden trade because I had given up on winning already a couple of days before. So, so now that I'm done with winning, man, hopefully they, they can just hoop and at least they hoop right. Yeah. I, I feel you, and I, I low key gave up on winning once the AD trade went through for the Lakers, man. Once once the Lakers got Anthony Davis, that's when I gave up on winning, man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> they they gonna probably three peat at this point. So <laughs> it it is yeah. what it is, man. Yeah, uh, you might be right. So we don't we don't want to hold you too long, man. I know I know you like the Sports Radio 610, Adam Schefter. You always you you always got to be on call and always got to do things. So we don't want to hold you too long, man. Uh, but real quick, uh, what are your Super Bowl, Super Bowl picks for this year, then? Who do you think is going to take it all? I know the uh, Packers and the Rams are playing right now, but uh, who do you think is going to wind up, end up taking a, the chip this year, man? So uh, right now I got it, you know, Packers-Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Chiefs taking okay. it in the Super Bowl. But I will say, like, my preseason picks, you know, because I'm going to be honest, <laughs> my preseason picks – uh, was it was gonna be Chiefs uh, at Seattle and Russell Wilson came out here and really disappointed man yeah like I like I, I thought I thought that he was good enough this is I thought that he was gonna be good enough to make them or to make up for like where they came up short like for where they were lacking in places I thought he was that good that he could get Seattle to the Super Bowl that was before the season started. So that didn't end up working out, you know. So if I'm honest about what my what my picks would have been if you asked me in the beginning, but what we got left, man, I'm going uh, Packers, Chiefs, and 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 I I just don't see anybody, you know, stopping the Chiefs. Like I don't, I just don't see the defense when when they when they really turn it up and if everybody's healthy, all things considered, I, I just don't see a team that can that can stop. Them. I see the Packers kind of being a similar way in the NFC. You know, kind of, kind of, sort of like the Chiefs in that way, from like an offensive standpoint with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but once they play the Chiefs, man, it's game over. Yeah, I don't know. The Browns coming, man. The Browns are going to take that Pittsburgh game. Ah. I don't know, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey. You, what you think, Vicky? The dog pound. What you think, man? Y'all gonna upset? What's up? I'm not. I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Like if you told me before the season, I would have been like, nah, it's not happening. But I I I think they'll make it interesting. I don't, a lot of people think it's gonna be a blowout and all that, but I think it's gonna be interesting, man. I don't I don't see it being no defense because the Browns defense is depleted. But <laughs> I can I can see I can see them going back and forth, man. I, I yeah, just, how many points? <laughs> how many points did they score in that Steelers game? Shit, like forty five, four forty eight, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's like forty. I want to say forty eight to thirty five. Yeah, I think like it's like forty eight. Yeah, they like forty eight. Yeah, they can they can score. Yeah, and they that was score. on Pittsburgh defense. Pittsburgh got a pretty good defense. So right. uh, yeah, so I can see it being a high scoring game. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think they got a chance, man. I'm not <laughs> I'm not writing it off. <laughs> we'll see, man. Uh, yeah, I it'd be interesting as hell, man. Yeah, uh, Brown, Browns going to the AFC Championship. That would be man. crazy. That's that's so twenty twenty, man. <laughs> That might yeah. that might be the one of the biggest upsets in NFL history, man. The I, Browns beating the Chiefs. Yeah. It might might be one of the biggest upsets in NFL that, history. That's man. a number one seed that's crazy. number six. So yeah. 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 I, I mean, but I just, don't know. It, it would be big from a seeding standpoint, but I think we probably 
are sleeping on the Browns just because they're the Browns. No offense, Figgy, but you know, mm-hmm. because of the reputation, mm-hmm. there's probably a little bit going on there. And then at the same time, probably overhyping the Chiefs because they've been able to turn it on and turn it off at times. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, we just figure, oh, they must be. I'm, I mean, I'm even doing it myself. Oh, they must be far and away better than everybody when I think they're probably closer opponents than we probably giving them credit for. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the main thing I think Pittsburgh was sleeping on the Browns. I think they wanted the Browns in the playoffs so they can, you know, they figured they could squeak past them. And yeah. it didn't happen like that. And I think the Chiefs kind of thinking the same way. You see a couple you see Sammy Watkins like ho ho like don't take it that do, far. Do you do you do you think the shit talking put a battery in the back of the Browns, man? Man, Biggie. like don't 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 you think so? Baker Mayfield acts that way, right? That's that's how he, he operates, right? He played better when the chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Whenever somebody criticizes his game, that next week he come out balling. <laughs> so I, I I think so, man. Because if you're the Browns, you have nothing to lose. You already exceeded. You know what I mean, as far as our, you know, um, as we thought they was gonna go. So mm-hmm. I I think so, man. I think if you if you if people coming out saying, hey, I think they still the same old Browns. If you got players saying they the same old Browns, I think that could catch them off guard because them same teams that saying that's the same old Browns, they coming out. They not coming out thinking they playing you know Green Bay or nothing. They coming out thinking, oh, it's, it's the Browns. They they ain't gonna do nothing, and they get thrown off like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh did not expect the Browns to be playing like that. Yep. And, and mind you, the previous week, they had Mason Rudolph at quarterback, and the game was kind of <laughs> close. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think if a team go in saying that, I think the Browns got the chance. Man, hey, look, I tell y'all this, man. One thing I root for, especially, like, doing journalism and media and all of that, the one thing I root for more than anything, more than the Rockets, the Astros, the Texans, you know, Sam Houston State, everything that I'm tied to, I root for chaos. Yeah. Chaos, man. I want some wild <laughs> shit to happen. I'm here for I'm here for the wild shit. And if and if that's if that's Baker Mayfield, you know, upset and, and the Browns upsetting the Chiefs, and somehow they end up in the AFC championship game, say against like the Bills or Shell, even the Bills or the Ravens, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know, like that's that's chaos right there. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm here for that. Man. The Ravens and the and the Browns would be a dream scenario for the AFC yep. Championship, man. <laughs> that that'll oh, yeah, be crazy, yeah, you're right? Because of the rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah duh. Like, what am I thinking about? Yeah, you're right. That's like the yeah. that's like the Texans versus the, versus the Titans. We thought that was yeah, what man, last year. Yeah, see, I'm so fixated on uh, Josh Allen and the Bills and and their story and everything. I'm forgetting about that whole background yeah. of the, the the Ravens being the old Browns mm-hmm. and the Browns being the new Browns. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll, we'll see how how it shakes out, man. The NFL is crazy, so we'll see how these games on the weekend go. But what y'all uh, think? I mean, y'all got my picks. Or are y'all gonna give them later? What's that? What's going on? Yeah, y'all just got I, mine. <laughs> man, I, I think your picks are like the the general public's picks. Well, I don't know how the. Let me see. What, what, what's the, the Packers score before I see the Packers gonna win? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm not Packers. watching it right now. I gotta go look. Uh, shoot, I I think the Chiefs are gonna take it all again. That, that, that's yeah. I mean, just just based off of how they play, just based off of what Patrick Mahomes does. Unless something crazy happens, like he gets injured, knocked out a game, 
I don't see the Chiefs being stopped this year, man. I think they're just uh, they're they're the Chiefs, man. They're they're too tough. I just hope for a good. All I hope for in the NFL is like I'm not as big of an NFL fan as I am the NBA. I just hope for a good game, man. Give me a yeah. good Super Bowl. Give me something close. Don't give me a blowout. And I'm happy with it. But yeah. the Chiefs gonna take the whole thing. The, the, the one thing about the Chiefs though, I, I want to say their last three playoff games they started off slow. Yeah, they started all slow against the um, the Texans. <laughs> they was what twenty four nothing. They was down twenty four nothing. So if they if they start off like that against the Browns, I don't see them. I, I honestly don't see them coming back like that because I don't see the Browns offense slowing down like the um, like the Texans offense did last year. Hey, yeah. hey, I'll say this real quick about the Rams. If they had a quarterback, and, and no offense to the dude, I forget his name, the the, the dude Jerry that they Goff. had out there. Well, not even golf. The, uh, they had another dude in there for golf. Like golf oh, yeah. is hurt, and we know golf. We know what golf is, right? We already know. Yeah. But you know, the, even before golf, you know, they had you know when golf was hurt, they had some other dude out there that was actually doing pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. for what he was. But there, if they had a quarterback, that that would be my pick, honestly. Damn. Like, they, it, it, like if they had a a Deshaun Watson, hell, even a Justin Herbert, you know, the rookie, you know, that play for the team in the same the other team in the same city. I feel like they would be uh, my little sleeper Super Bowl pick, definitely in the NFC, because that defense is so damn good. You know, they just don't really got nothing offensively that really stand out, you know, uh, or at least compared to these other teams that we're talking about. But if they had a quarterback like that, Deshaun, Justin Herbert, some mm-hmm. of these cats, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, something like that, that would be that would be something to look out for. Obviously, they don't have that, but that, that's all they missing though. That's all they missing. Yeah, so a lot of teams are missing, man. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try, see how things we go. To man. Get rid of ours. <laughs> <laughs> so shit, man. We'll see how y'all, y'all gonna have to pay him. Y'all got to pay him. Uh, like 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 uh, Texas played Deshaun, dog. Y'all got to y'all got to do it. Oh, oh, yo, you talk about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I was, I was talking about yeah. Deshaun. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 no, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I'd already see. See, yeah. I'm over here. I'm telling y'all, yeah. man. I've been trying to, I've been trying to keep my head right. Like, man, they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. But Rocket, you're right, man. I'm nervous, man. Like, I, <laughs> my, my head in the sand. I'm like, man, they cannot trade Deshaun Watson. Who does that? Like, I think, I, I, I think, I think the table is being separate to happen. Just just based off of everything that's happening this week, everybody prepare for the worst. That's all I'm saying. All Houston fans prepare for the worst because I feel like the table is being set. So <laughs> but but we will see what happens, man. I hope yeah. it don't happen because Brandon Scott done ate a whole cheese steak with Cheeto dust you know on it saying? for this man. You know what I'm saying? This is my guy. <laughs> this is my guy, man. Yeah, what do man. you mean? I, I didn't I didn't build I didn't build these years in now, uh, you know, being kind of kind of cool with Deshaun Watson, JJ yeah. Watt, you know, like <laughs> hey, these 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 is cats that's that's finna chunk the deuce now. I'm like, what what you mean? Yeah, Especially Deshaun, man. you know, that's a dude that you figure is young. He's supposed to be here. Like, come on, man. Yeah. It'd, it'd be a whole different vibe trying to cover this team if he's not gonna be here, dog. Yeah, yes. that was my whole 20, different vibe. That was my 2021 goal to get him on the podcast. Man, yeah, that, we'll that, see, that man. Hurt, man. Hey, do y'all ever see those? Uh, y'all ever see those? Hey, Figgy, I know you got one. Them pictures with Deshaun Watson in the Verizon, like by the Verizon yeah. background and the, at the station. Yeah. You know, like like I randomly see those on Twitter because like I don't know all them people that was there, but they were obviously like fans and shit like that. 
And so, like, I see them on Twitter all the time, like, just different people who got the got that that picture. And and I took every single one of those. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, I took that picture. I must have seen that. Part. You know, I must have been there, obviously, because I took yeah. that picture, you know. And I just think about, you know, him and the fans and, like, this kind of being the guy. The Texans not having no quarterback all them years, like, Remember, yeah, I remember when Ryan Mallett was the quarterback, and it was like, yes. oh man, they might have a quarterback. Ryan Mallett's the quarterback. Was like, nah, that's not, nah. The, nah. In, the it was like, oh, Brock Osweiler. Yeah. The infamous oh, yeah, yeah. Mark Vandermeer call Houston, we have a quarterback when they win their first game with Brock Osweiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were, so, we were yeah. so thirsty for a quarterback. We said Brock Osweiler was our Houston. We have a quarterback I, for Brock I Osweiler. Rem- I remember that because this that was my first year in Houston. So yes. I was working at that, hey. I was working at that training camp, and I remember that some of this old staff that was with his team was like, yeah, that's our quarterback. We paid blah 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 <laughs> for him, and it was so. It's, I was just, I was thinking like, damn, okay, because I re, I remember seeing him in the playoffs, but um, I ain't think he was gonna be a starting quarterback like that because I know when he got that offer from Houston, Denver was like, shit, <laughs> like we, like yeah, good yeah. luck, buddy. we good on that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I ain't gonna lie though, I fell into the trap because I remember <laughs> that call. And I don't think I said, I don't know what I, if I said anything on Twitter, but I was living out in the country at the time, like just outside of Beaumont. And I went up to, I was living next door to uh, my, my cousin, a, cousin, a second cousin of mine. He's actually like my, like my mom's first cousin, I think. And, I, and so he was a huge Texans fan, older than me, old school cat, and huge Texans fan. And I seen him the next morning and... I went up to him and I was like, you got your quarterback. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I, and he said, you know, he's extra country. You know, he's like, I got my quarterback, Ken Folk. <laughs> Talk about Brock Osweiler, dog. I'll never forget that, dog. I feel like we feel like clowns now after that because it was really just that day. Because throughout the season, we would come up to each other like, man, this motherfucker here, man, is terrible. Because <laughs> he did have a good game, I feel like, that first one or whatever it was. Yes. And yeah. then it was like, nah, man, even uh, even a, you know, a, a broke clock is, rock t- is, is right uh, <laughs> twice a day or whatever it is. That type yeah. of shit. Tough, tough times, man. Yeah, hope, hope. And see, that's why it's so damn crazy how you got fans over here entertaining the trades and all this other shit. Talking about the first and the and the second for uh to Jacksonville, all this other shit. It's like, man, no. Like, y'all went through <laughs> all this struggle to find a QB of and you got a top five. And y'all y'all would trade him in the snap of a finger. Like, man, like I'm cool with Baker Mayfield at this point. I'm not trying to trade him in the snap of a finger, and he not even a top five QB. So y'all yeah. willing to give that up? <laughs> I just don't get that, man. Yeah, that, that that's, that's where I've been at, man. I've been like, you know, for me, I'm just not at a point where, like, I think I just maybe got there the other day when somebody threw out there, you know, would Urban Meyer prefer Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson? I'm like, man, would they, would they do that? Would they trade basically Deshaun for Trevor Lawrence and whatever some other, you know, in the division? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, would they do that? But and I couldn't see it, but then it's like I can't rule it out because of what's going on, and, and it's only but so many scenarios that make sense. I was listening to uh, 
I was listening to Paul, uh, Rocket. I was listening to Paul Galant's podcast mm-hmm. from his show up in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, somebody called his show. No shit, man. The other day, somebody called his show talking about, would you trade... Uh, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, I heard for, that. He hung uh, up on for, him. <laughs> uh, Why he hung up on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I had to sit with it for a minute, man. Like it's crazy shit. And, and Paul's coming from it from a different perspective of like, nah, I don't want to get rid of Russell Wilson. And I'm over here like, but but is that a, is that the deal? Like it, you know, because we already know that Russ would be a more palpable type for yeah. for the McNair family. Like we know that would be right up their alley. You know, to get a yeah. Russell Wilson type up in here. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, and he's won a, he's technically won a Super Bowl, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. They could, they could, they could tie all of that, you know, and, and, and spin it. So I'm like, oh, shit. I ain't even think about that. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's it just been in the last couple of days where I've even entertained what it would look like, but I'm trying to keep that energy of that is stupid. Don't yeah. be stupid. Don't do no stupid shit. You know, just don't you like the the best way to not do stupid shit is to just don't even entertain, <laughs> you know. I, I I'm hoping for the best, but I'm preparing <laughs> for the worst, man. I just see with everything that's happened in the past couple of weeks, I think the table's being set for it to happen. So brace yourselves. It's a crazy, crazy league, like Deshaun says. So um anything can happen, but we do appreciate you coming on, Brandon Scott. Uh, everybody follow him on social media. He is on Twitter at Brandon K. Scott. Um, also does a great podcast as well. Um, you'll hear him on 610 doing shows and just you also hear him on the press conferences asking the tough questions. I, I feel like you always know the Brandon Scott question because it's always that smooth baritone voice asking the tough questions. And I think that has a lot to do with it, man, because I feel like when you hear just John McClain's voice, you don't want to answer anything he says, man. <laughs> but the delivery, the delivery of the question matters. And Brandon Scott is very good. at Hey, delivering hey questions, didn't you so. had a uh, question for Brandon Scott last year. It was like the end of last year. You want to ask him something about the press conference? It might have been like a question or something. I can't remember. Oh, uh, shit. I forgot. I, I don't know if it was like a John McQueen, McClain question or. I, I was, was going to ask him. I forgot. I, I got to listen. Yeah. I got to listen back, man. It's been a while. But uh, <laughs> we appreciate having you on, man. And everybody follow him at Brandon K. Scott. Um, anything else you want to promote, man? Anything else you got cooking up? Yeah, man, just, you know, I'm doing the B-Block podcast on my own, but more than anything, and, you know, just to share this with y'all, I'm, I'm getting more reps on the air, so, you know, that's cool. So, obviously, be listening to 610 anyway, because, I mean, Figgy's on there, we all got our connections or whatever mm-hmm. to the station, but, you know, especially now, I'll say, that your boy is on. You know, I'm yes. doing a little bit more. <laughs> um, and, and I feel like we all you know, wanted it to get to that point, you know, eventually and and figured it would. So, you know, I think, you know, we're here now. Um, we've been doing these uh, these these specials on on the search, which ultimately end up turning into just let's just talk more about this drama and this shit that's going on with the Texans. Yeah, because you can only say much about the search. I mean, they're interviewing these guys and this is who they are. Right. But. We got way more to talk about with the Texans right now, obviously, with me being on with y'all now, talking to, talking about all of it. And so we've been doing that every uh, every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're doing uh, one hour Monday through Thursday, so 6 to 7. And then, 
6 to 8 on Fridays, so two hours on Fridays, right? So, I mean, it's just a little bit of extra local content and have, instead of having to listen to them folks in New York or wherever yeah. on CBS Sports Radio, you get to listen to us. And, primary, and more, more importantly, like for this, for our purposes here, you get to listen to me a little bit because that's where I hop on, you know. Um, not every day, but uh, if you follow me, you know, at Brandon K. Scott and follow the station at Sports Radio 16, you can see uh, what, the, what those days are when I am on um, – but again, just you know, listen, listen in general. But uh, I did want to just point out, getting to do a little bit more on air. So I'm enjoying yeah. that. Yeah. Re- real quick, before we get you out, who is the Nets head coach for the Houston Texans? Oh, that's good. I think it's probably Brandon Staley, based off like based off of not just the hype, but it does sound like from what I'm hearing that they really like Brandon Staley. They like uh they like Jim Caldwell too, believe it or not. Yeah, like Leslie that report Frazier. that was out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Leslie Frazier gonna get that interview. Um that report out there about Jim Caldwell a couple weeks ago that said he was like the front runner. I think it was it was exaggerated, but they do like him. Um that 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 part is not exaggerated. So he's in the mix for sure. Um but if I had to pick, if I had to guess um, I would I would go I would put my money on Brandon Staley if I was betting on something like that, and uh, you know, unfortunately the Eric Bieniemy thing is is that's gonna be an interview, yeah. but you know that's more smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I just pulled up a picture of him too. Yeah, he looks like the next Texans coach, man. He looks and, like the kind of dork. And, and, <laughs> and the thing is, he got that um, connection to John Carroll because uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's uh, Casario with the John Carroll too? So it's yep. like all connected, and they all Ohio guys too. So yep. it, it's a weird connection, man. I, I guess I guess if you want to be a head coach, you got to have that connection to somebody. But then on top of that, but then on top of that, he's connected to, and this is a good thing on this end, I'll say, he's connected to Sean McVay and Vic Fangio, um, who on the football side, you know, offensively and defensively, you know, are well respected. Uh, So, you know, for whatever it's worth. But but that's what you got to do, though, right? Like, you got to have, on the one end, you got to have that, like, be a part of some kind of either some kind of tree, coaching tree, or like have worked for so and so or whatever it is, and then you gotta know people, which you know that's important anyway. Like who you know, this even helped me out a little bit in some places. But yeah. like, like you gotta know somebody, and yeah, he know. I, I would imagine him and Nick Casario know some of the same people. This guy is like thirty-seven or thirty-eight, somewhere around there, and and Nick is somewhere in his you know early to mid forties. You know, uh, so it's not like it's a huge age difference, and like yeah. you say, they come from they come from some of the same places. So, you know, the, like it, it, it's there. And, and and to be fair, he's an impressive candidate. Like you know, all the stuff, you know, we read all these fluff pieces around this time because people getting their names out there and they doing all their PR and all of that. So it's it's no accident that you're seeing all of these positive stories about him out there in the press. But it's something to it though. Um, I, I will. I don't know that what if that means he's gonna be a good head coach or nothing like that, but mm-hmm. it is something to it. And people like Jalen Ramsey swear by him, and Sean McVay swear swear by him, and like I say, come under come up under Vic Fangio. Yeah. So um, so it's a little something there. Um, we'll see, but that, that that's what I'm that's where I'm what, the name that I'm looking out for. Okay. I see it happening, but yes, follow follow Brandon Scott, Brandon K Scott on Twitter. 
Uh, follow Sports Radio 610 for updates. There's always something going on to Texans this year. It's a very busy, very busy season. If you miss one day, you might miss a lot. So follow yep. these accounts and make sure you don't miss nothing. Turn on your notifications. You might get it. Deshaun Watson is getting traded. Notice. Who knows? Yeah. He might so, be traded by the time this podcast re- who, released. Who knows? Man. <laughs> it's a crazy year. Like like J.J. Watt said, it's always some some this year. So, yeah, stay tuned. Follow him. Listen to Sports Radio 610. And, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll stay up to date. And we're definitely going to have you on again, man, because I know it's going to be a busy season. A busy year and a whole lot's gonna go down. So appreciate having you on and stay safe, brother. Yeah, man, it's always fun, man. I appreciate y'all. I feel like yeah. I feel like any Anita Baker just puts you in a good mood. Oh, it does, man. It has that classic 90s sound, you know. Mm-hmm. So yes, you know what that means. The Anita Baker means the, this edition of the Jim the Juice podcast has come to an end. I'd like to thank our special guest Brandon Scott. Make sure you follow him, Brandon K. Scott, on Twitter. Follow Sports Radio 610. He's curating all the content there as well. So make sure you catch him on air when he makes his appearance as well. Uh, yeah, hopefully by this time next week, Deshaun Watson will still be a Texan, but they're looking kind of dicey now, man. I don't know. Man, it's going to be a long offseason if he gets <laughs> traded, man. <laughs> It definitely it's gonna will be a long be, all season period, man. Unless he come <laughs> out and say, "Hey, we all good." Like I want to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. It, it's gonna be a, a dicey, dicey year, but we gonna make it through it, man. We gonna make it through it. Uh, shout out to the Browns. They got the Chiefs coming up. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it ain't a massacre, man. I, I'm. I'm <laughs> I know. <laughs> nah, who, who? NFL is crazy, man. They might actually pull it out. Who knows? Who can? Anything might happen. Anything can happen, like KG said. Yeah. So we will keep an eye out on that as well. And shit, man. Make sure you follow us on Gems and Juice podcast, uh, all Instagram, Twitter. Shout out to Jasmine as well in the background doing her thing, promoting, uh, doing all the cool content you see online. So. Yeah, man. Anything else to promote? Anybody else to shout out? Um, shout out to Shank, man. He um he almost done with his wing. He got a restaurant called Wingway in Cleveland. Oh yeah, I saw that. I'm so sorry. yeah, shout out to him. He he doing his thing with that. Um, happy birthday to Mikey Iso. His birthday yeah. was this week. Happy birthday to Nefertiti. Her birthday yeah. was this week. And uh, make sure you check out the project. I, th- I think they dropped a the song. Uh, ne- Nefertiti dropped a video for his for a song raw and okay it it looks real dope um um mikey iso dropped the song i forgot the name of it but uh he he dropped the song and video okay Um, yeah make sure y'all check that out follow them on social media okay um speaking of nefertiti how is that black tonic going man um i did it for like a week or a, a, a few days but I don't. I ain't really feel no type of different. I, I mean, I'm still kind of sick. <laughs> I'm still kind of sick. Full of calf. Yeah, I, I think it worked, it worked good as a you know like as far as a cleanser. But like I'm taking vitamins and everything now. I'm on a healthy kick, man. <laughs> okay. So, wow. I ain't trying I to get sick again. <laughs> if I get if I get sick again, man, fuck all the vitamins and all that shit. <laughs> 
I hope you don't, man. Stay healthy. And yeah, too bad about the black tonic, but hey, at least we get it. Chop yeah. it up with her again, and we'll, we'll let her know how we yeah. feel. Mikey Iso, <laughs> Mikey Iso's song, he released a song called Candy Coke Dreams, Candy Coated okay. Dreams Part 2. And he got a dope animated video for it. Yeah, check that out. Check that out. Happy birthday, Nefertiti. Uh, shout out to Shank as well. And yeah, man, next week we're going to have a whole lot more to talk about. We're going to break it down just for y'all. New guests coming soon. Mm-hmm. And appreciate y'all listening. We out. <laughs>